You are now listening to the hottest true crime podcast in the streets. Hello and welcome to another episode of Affirmative Murder, the Equal Opportunity True Crime Comedy Podcast. I'm Alvin Williams, joined as always by my partner in true crime, Francel Evans. Oh yes, wait a minute, Mr. Postman. Yeah, man, I'm the mailman. Can't you tell, man? Going postal. Going postal. What up, Fran? What's up with you, man? As, as people are hearing this, interestingly, I've began my journey to Paris. Um, um, you know, uh, we, we fly out on Tuesday, but Mm -hmm. I fly down to Miami on Monday and then we leave from Miami to JFK the next day. Mm -hmm. Miami. Miami. Uh, Miami. Uh, I've been working on my French as well. Okay. So yeah, man, I'm, I'm really excited. It's, 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 I need to get away for a little bit. Um, and I'm excited to take a trip and see some different, I've never been to Paris. And so I'm excited to do that. Um, coming off of. Last week's episode, mm-hmm. just wanted to touch on that briefly, not in detail, but just want to say um, I got a lot of messages from people who continue to share their own personal stories of mm-hmm. sexual harassment mm-hmm. and things like that. And I, that really touched me because um, that's a personal thing and a private thing. And sometimes people are too afraid or like too self-conscious to share that with people. So the, the idea that we did this episode and then people felt comfortable reaching out and being like, this was my experience. And thank you for doing that episode I uh, really appreciate it that really meant a lot to me yeah so to anybody that sent a message like that I read everyone that I got um so I might not have responded to every one of them just because I don't I don't even know how to respond sometimes I just mm-hmm. say thank you for sharing your story but it was it was I was definitely overwhelmed by them but I appreciated that people entrusted me enough to to let to, to tell their story mm-hmm. um and I think that we're gonna do another one of those kind of town halls soon I don't know I th- feel like we just kind of find a topic like a broad topic and just kind of let people speak mm-hmm. so i don't know what the next one will be i'm definitely open to suggestions from people on the facebook groups or tweet us or whatever um but those that feels like it's i always gain something from doing that you yeah, know what i mean for sure yeah yeah man it's definitely a learning experience i mean i said that the last time when we did you know the episode that we did it yeah i feel like both of the last two the, the last time we did it the last two times we did it it both were learning experiences just from a different perspective that as us men don't have yeah so it was it was cool, man. I had a great time. I love doing those, though. Yeah, so I'm definitely gonna have another one of those in the in the in the near future for sure. Um, also, there was a question floating around the internet that I thought I thought that the moment had passed to have the discussion, and it's kind of just like a it's kind of a dumb discussion, but it is I also it, it also it also is interesting. But also, um, the United States Supreme Court has stripped away women's rights in a dramatic and mind-blowing fashion no and i'm s- not buying let me set it up 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 because this could be a reality for a lot of, of a lot of people in the, near, right. in the near future you know what i'm saying like people women's uh reproductive rights have been stripped away so yeah. you know if, if if you if an accident happens you have a kid with somebody you weren't planning on having a kid with that's that can be a more common occurrence in the near future. Mm-hmm. So, Fran, I pose to you, okay. right? You are not in the loving situation that you are in, having kids, family, and all that type of stuff. Yeah, you hook up with a, a, a young lady that mm-hmm. you that you you're not dating or anything like that, mm-hmm. but you guys are you guys are you know having coital intercourse, you know. Yeah, and she has four kids. Mm. You get her pregnant, 
with her fifth kid. Now, mm-hmm. you're not dating her. You're not their stepfather or anything yeah, like yeah. that. Your kid grows up, becomes like five, six years old. Kids today have cell phones. Yep. Your kid sends a text message. Dad, I'm hungry. Can mm-hmm. you bring me some food? Is it your responsibility to feed all the kids? Because it would be wrong to, to just have one kid eating McDonald's and everybody else can't eat McDonald's. Is it my responsibility? Absolutely not. Okay. Right? Yeah. Okay. Uh-huh. <laughs> You know, could, now, but could is, there, I, is it right or wrong? Because it's two questions. Would you? Because okay, forget okay. right or wrong. Got you. Forget right or wrong. Okay. Would you do it? Slash. And then the second question is: Even if you would or wouldn't, is it right or wrong to do? Okay. Oh, would I do go. it? No. Okay. Right. Yes. Um. What was the second one again? Is it right? Is or it wrong? right or wrong? Um. No, I don't think it's wrong, man. I, I, I just yeah. don't think it's. It's not. It's not your responsibility. It's not my responsibility. Yeah. To feed. All of your kids. other children. Because I had a kid with you. Yes. My child texts me saying I'm hungry. he or she is hungry. That's my responsibility. I'm coming to bring them food. What if I'm the not. argument from that woman is you knew what you signed up for? So what, is, what do you mean? What am I, what you, I sl- you slept with me. You had unprotected sex with me. I have four kids. You knew that. And, my, is and that, is I that, signed it, up to it, take care of my responsibility and that's my child. And that's what I'm doing. That's a good rebuttal. We, there's no, there was no. Agreement, agreement yeah, of yeah. being like once you get me pregnant you gotta take you, care like no but where's the, where's the other kids fathers at why are they not they get them their if, kids should text their dad exactly and you just have if, a train of people if, bringing mcdonald's exactly and if it was a situation where the kid was like you know my dad brought us one of the kids mm-hmm. my dad brought all of us food one time then i'll go okay sure i'll, I'll do maybe it. once in a while maybe once but every time no especially my, my financial situation ain't no you know stable yeah I, I can't. can't McDonald's five McDonald's five I can't I can't swing that five McChicken meals can't swing that yeah, come on if they're bro. hungry if he if he wanted if he or she want to share by yeah. all means mm-hmm. let them get down on that exactly you're your brother's keeper no I'm not your brother's keeper no. though I'm your keeper exactly yeah yeah and if that situation I'll take him out to eat we going out yeah hey, you know something it's more so we had this you know something I got chewed out at CrimeCon this is a very similar thing actually. okay. I got chewed out at CrimeCon. Shout out to that person that, shot, that, that chewed me out at CrimeCon. We ended up having a good time at the yeah, end of the day. She, was, she had a very a strong stance. Yes. She knows what I'm talking about. She does CrossFit. <laughs> um, but it was a, the, they, had, they took umbrage mm-hmm. with um, my take on giving out invitations at school. Yes. Now, this is kind of similar to that. It's like you are just going to bring one kid McDonald's. Come pick your kid up. Take them to McDonald's. Yeah. Would you agree? Now, let's because this is what I did not do in that discussion. I did not broaden it. I just yeah. asked the question that I saw on the internet. Right now, I'm going to broaden it this okay. time. Would you agree that the better solution is you just pulled up here, say, "Hey, I want to get my kid for an hour, take them, have some father kid time at McDonald's, mm-hmm. give them all the food they want, they yeah. play around in the playpen, and then you bring them back, and they bring don't have home. to eat the kid the food in front of the kids." Yeah, because that is like. You know, and kids are paying. Ooh, the pickles are so yeah, yeah, yeah. they're so uh, mm-hmm. zesty. Yeah, yeah. You know, kids. You know, kids. When you can't, you, know, you can't have none. Yeah. All that type of petty shit, right? So you kind of skip that if you just take the kid out on your yeah. own and don't just bring it and drop it off and right. leave, right? Yes. That's yes. the better thing to do out of all these things. Yeah. But the question was, if you bring your kid food to a house that has other kids that aren't yours. Is it wrong to just bring one kid the food? And I would agree and say, no, I had one kid with you. And I would say in the, res- the response to the, somebody being like, well, you knew what you signed up for. I said, well, I knew I signed up for, to take care of my child. Exactly. Yes, and I'm here to take care of my child exactly. and give them food. Now, how I think is if, you know, you bring the food, you don't know now, you, obviously this. And also ch- it's like two kids. If my kid is one of two kids. Yeah. That's different. Boom. That's different. Five. Five. Come on. But it's like also it's like 
your kid's probably the youngest, so it's like now, how I think is, I'm like, you know, what if the oldest try to bully them, mm, take the their food? Mm. I'll just rather just take them out. Yeah, make go, sure they eat it. We go eat. Mm-hmm. They get their food. They should fill. be full. Mm-hmm. Take them back, and then boom, that's it. Yeah, because even if let's even just put it on back to brothers keeper thing. Even yeah. if it's even if it's not bullying, they just go like, we want some. Now yeah, you're yeah. busting down a, a McDouble yeah. five ways. You all just get a slice of burger. And two fries because you want to be a good friend, and you all go (laughs) uh, several slurps of high C. Come on, that's not come on. Yeah, like you can't. You're not getting the essential vitamins and nutrients. You going off on this one, one of your baby father. Go off on all of them. Yeah, that's why you know the video. She was she was very indignant. She was very much like you. You should be doing. It's not even a question. It's like where the other fathers at? That's you know if you. That's why child support exists. If Mm -hmm. you need the help, but if you want to take it that way and record, I can be petty and go. All right, because this is how I think. Uh-huh. I'm just gonna be petting like, okay, I'll go buy all them food. Now I'm I'm gonna make you feel stupid. Now I'm put you on video like, look, I'm I'm feeding yes. all your children yeah, yeah, yeah. that you can't provide for. For sure. If that's how if that's how we gonna take it, that's what we are gonna take it. Then we, that's how I can I'm gonna I can, I can out petty the with the best exactly. of exactly. Now my whole thing was here's the thing I was trying to figure out because I couldn't figure out because it's such a it was such a crazy video to yes. me yes. that I was like, is upset. this is this fake? I really was like. If this is a bit, it was genius. Yes. Because they started a global conversation. Absolutely. I saw this. The people were doing this. Everybody's Everywhere. been doing this. Yeah. Asking this question, right? People playing. It's turned into like a challenge. People doing other versions like me bringing my kid a PS5 <laughs> while their other ki- other yeah. the siblings can't play it. Yeah, yeah. They started a whole thing. So if that person, if that was just like they just had an idea, because I always look at the creati- the creativity of stuff. I'm like. The person's face was blurred, mm-hmm. and it was such a. It felt like such a like. This person has to be crazy, right? This is such a. This is such a ridiculous thought to have that this person should bring all of your kids' food, and you have yeah. you have five kids or whatever. I thought it was so crazy that I was like, "This has to be a bit like this is a just a a little sketch." Yeah, and if it's a sketch, brilliant, genius, brilliant. It started a whole worldwide conversation, genius. but. I don't, I don't know. So. I don't. It felt real. It felt. So. It felt like a real idiot. My man was just trying to bring his food. And he was baffled. His, his children. He was, he was like, like, "Stop playing, man! Here, take yeah. give my food. This give what? my kids food. Well, you can't bring anybody food if you're not bringing all my. So now nobody. Gets nobody food. can eat. So everybody's gonna starve. What? How, how does that make sense? It just was wild. It just was. Wild. And and it was very much like, "Yep, I'm putting you on. I'm and I'm gonna embarrass you." Like they, it was like they couldn't tell yeah. that they looked dumb look in stupid. this argument. You they were stupid. like, "I'm making you look dumb." He's like, "I don't look, man." Here, or it could have been. I, I just she could have went. She just kept saying that I don't get my food stamps till whatever. Uh huh. She could have been like, "I'll pay you back," something like that. E- and even if she and that doesn't have to be on camera, e- right? Even if she doesn't, even yeah. if it was not next week, whatever. I'd have went. Okay, I'll do it. Yeah. If she would, if she would have co-parented and been like, "Hey, listen, thanks for getting, you know, whatever." Mark, yeah. Marcus, uh, McDonald's. Can you go back and get the rest of them some stuff, and I'll pay you back next Friday. That's just because I don't want them to be eating McDonald's. Without. But you want now? You want to make a scene? Because you had to know he didn't just come up randomly without, unannounced with some McDonald's. Yeah, he, had to be like, I'm coming by to bring my bring my son some McDonald's. Can you come get with cool. some food? Can you, cool. Can you, can you uh, yeah, maybe get like five Happy Meals so that they all can, and I'll pay you back Friday. I swear. Boom! You don't have to put a camera out, anything like that. Co-parenting, man. Yeah, but he, I guess. She just thought he assumed that he was 
gonna bring gonna, she just thought she thought that he was gonna bring several happy, <laughs> meals, happy, happy meals and, and several like, drinks and she in, was in those little star those she little, was in disbelief yeah like oh you really how only dare brought, you you brought one food for the one child that you produced with me <laughs> right how dare you do that you do that i have five other kids in here it was crazy it was one of the crazier <laughs> things i've seen yeah, it yeah. was one of the crazier arguments that i've seen yeah. i've seen some crazy arguments between people and that's not the first time where i've seen somebody record and they thought they were on the right side yeah look stupid like that one where it was like Cold Stone was closing. That was wild. And it was like, this dude's recording. Like, no, you so look like wrong. an asshole. You're wrong. I'm going to beat you up, 15 year old kid. He's like, sir. I came in at 759. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, that was that one was wild too. Because he was so mad and he was filming oh, them. Man. You're going to, you think you're going to post this on your Facebook and people are going to be like, hey, man, you look super cool. In right. This. I just, the world's interesting, bro. Man. There's some interesting people out there. And those people now, if they don't want to have kids, they're now kind of being forced to. And some people might be yeah. might be conscious enough to go like, I should not have kids, man. I'm not responsible that whole shit enough. Is crazy, man. And now it's like, well, hey, well then, so what if you're not? It's it's God. So you have to have the kid. It's crazy. It's crazy. It's wild. It's wild. Because not everybody, some people know, like, I shouldn't, uh, I shouldn't have a kid. Yeah. And I'm gonna not have the kid. It's like, nope, no. And also, so, in some states, I can call the police on you if I find out that you're going to plan on getting rid of your man. kid. And I can get a bounty. That would be an interesting man. A&E show. Yeah. Like a dog, the bounty so hunter, what is it? What is the, what is the charge? What is it? Is it Kill, attempted murder or something? Great. I mean, listen, I'm speaking out of turn. Yeah, I don't know the actual yeah, know. thing. But they're talking about putting people in jail if you get an abortion. If they catch you getting an abortion, they, they're talking about pressing charges on you and putting you in jail. It's insane. You know, uh, nothing makes sense anymore. So, you know, no, bro, just, we're going down just, a really weird, dark path and they keep, you know, but it was a joke when people go, yeah, the world's turning to shit. And I go, ha, yeah, yeah, you nah, know, bro, ice cream still tastes great. Like, well, you, you know, know, you still can find the sunny side and now it's just, I don't know. The sunny side is getting less <laughs> and less. It's just like not that sunny as much anymore. It gets dark a lot quicker these days. The sun is not out that much. <laughs> Yeah, man. But people go, you know, the world's starting to shit and nerves is dying. Go at, at first, I, I used to brush it off, and now I'm like, I don't know. I think yeah. uh, I'm on that train now. It's yeah, like, for sure, bro. I was on the like, I was on the, I was on the <laughs> wave like three years ago. I was like, I mean, you know, having a kid, you know, it'd be cool to have a kid that looks like you and everything like that. But like, yeah. do I want to bring them into this shite? And now it's like, gas is sixty five dollars a yeah. gallon. The fucking Amazon rainforest is burning all the time. I see videos of koala bears on fire in Australia. Crazy. Fires popping off all the time. People's rights are being taken away. And if they can take away the right for you to reproduce, they can just start taking away people's rights. They'd be like, you know what? Black people are just, just going to make you guys slaves again. The economy's getting kind of rough. Yeah, Don't you guys man. want the gas to be cheaper? Always oh, not called slaves anymore, though. <laughs> I saw you post about this, and you might. What is, what is, so Texas, man, it's called like. Texas uh, books. The Texas want they want to make public. They want to change the the term change it to slavery what? to involuntary, like they were involuntarily located. Yeah, something or, like that. I'll go. That's crazy. Call it what? And that's that's how uncomfortable the the history of this man. country makes people that they're like ah slave really makes me uh makes my feelings hurt in my mouth. It really makes my mouth tingle. I don't really like the word slave and I don't want my kids to see that word. I don't want them to think that's who we are. It's like. Uh, it happened. That's who we are, bro. That's who we are. Like, it's just, it's just crazy. But uh, involuntary, involuntarily whatever. move people, involuntarily <laughs> located, re- relocated people. people, relocated people. Man. So the you know so the uh, the 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 founders of this country went and got a bunch of relocated people. Yeah. And they happily worked for free because they just really wanted America to thrive and prosper. 
And they were all treated like family and they got to sleep in comfortable beds. And um, that's America. And then, you know, I don't know, a song plays or something like that. It's just, you know. But you know something, bro? The victor gets to write the history books. I mean, that's that's you know that's the yeah, sad man. that's the sad fact of you. We don't know how many stories aren't. I mean, when I bro, when I found out the real Pocahontas story, that shit broke my heart. I bro. don't know that, man. Let me buckle you up real quick. All Sorry, right. people, I'm going go off on a tangent real quick. So Pocahontas was living here in America, whatever America was beforehand. Okay, fucking John Smith comes over here, steals her, indoctrinates her over there. And 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 uh, it wasn't this like cute type of like I'm from this place and you're from that place. Yeah, man, opposites attract. It was like no, nah, it was some dark shit. They killed her tribe, people in her tribe and stuff. Like I guess the movie kind of tells you that story, but they make it out like. Uh, huh. But I love him. Yeah. Like, uh, no, bro. They man, they took her. They indoctrinated her. She came back over here. I think they like brainwashed her into hating her own people and shit. It just it's just dark, shit. bro. The shit is dark. Like stories are just they're not what you. But you know, but that's what they tell you. They tell you Sacagawea yeah. was just like, oh, uh, she put it, let's put her on the gold coin. And she just was like helping Magellan and them find stuff. They just, she just happened to, hey, I'll help you. Welcome <laughs> over here. Come yeah. on. Let me show you where the corn is. No, bro. These stories didn't go that way. They all are dark. They all are dark and rape. And it's all dark shit, man. Nobody yeah. just was like, the, the Native Americans weren't like, yo, welcome. Come over. Man, let me show you guys how to bake a no. turkey and all this. No, they gave them smallpox blankets, killed their fucking, they, Bro, they genocided the buffalo. The founding fathers of this country, right, they came over here. They were like, oh, damn. These people really get down on buffalo meat a lot. Yo, if we kill all the buffalo, they won't have anything to eat, man. That's genius, bro. Let's, let's do that and give them diseases, man. That's, 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 that's cold. That's, <laughs> when, you, when you put it like that, that's some people playing that. They looked at a map and shit. Or they were in a, a, a decision room, like a war room. Like, yeah. okay, let's, yeah, let's uh, kill all the, mo- the meat that they eat. And just let them starve out. And then I also noticed that That's a when we get too. yeah, when we get Man. close to them, they don't have the the immunities to the diseases that we have. Let's just get all up in their business. A cough on these blankets, give it to them. Spit Shit. on the blankets and stuff. And hey, it's cold here. Have some blankets. A tee hee hee snicker as they walk away. <laughs> and motherfuckers just got sick, bro. Motherfuckers just got sick. You talk about some diabolical shit. This country is built on some diabolical Man. shit, bro. I've been going down a rabbit hole lately. I don't really, I don't really want to bring people down to darkness, but I've just been going on a rabbit hole, bro. I watched this documentary on Netflix. I highly recommend. It's not recommendations corner, but it's called Who We Are. It's by Jeffrey Robinson. This dude's a brilliant guy. He's just talking about how the country was founded on white supremacy, right? Mm. And he. Oh, I saw you post that. Yeah, bro. I watched that. Yeah. They showed. I knew the auction block existed for slaves, but then they stayed. There's this museum in Charleston, South Carolina. Where they show you children's shackles, bro. Like the shackles, the, well, the shackles that they would, yeah, like for when they put on put slaves on the auction block. Yeah, yeah. They put kids on kids, slaves too, three year old kids, and they chain their feet just the same. Wow, like cows. That's how. Uh, that's so they how had little baby. Was. They had little baby shackles. They had like they showed them next. They had the adult shackles, like in the museum. They had the adult shackles, and they were like, these are little baby shackles. Wow, I was like, bro, they would fucking just. They weren't people, bro. They just could just do that. They just shackle a baby. Baby being like, my ankles are bleeding. Man, shut up. Yeah, watch that shit. Half man. off. This one cries a lot. Like, it's just like, shit is, it's twisted, man. And I don't I don't know how you expect people to know this shit and just be like, hey, man, you know, case man. Let's go all, let's all go to Arby's. But I mean, like, they are literally, like, erasing trying it. to erase it like it in happen. front of our face. Because it's embarrassing. 
and dark face. and terrible, and they don't want that to be the legacy of the United States. They wanted to be this like, no, we just like ingenuity and hard work, and we just believed in ourselves and manifest destiny. It's like, no, nah, bro, this country was built on millions and millions and millions of dollars of free labor. They had seven million people working for free. That's crazy. For years and made billions of dollars, trillions of dollars, and then used that money to build the country that you, we live in today. And it's just like, no, fooey, man. We just work hard. We just worked hard. People were really smart. And that's that's just how we got ahead in the country. It's like, no, that's, you, you try to open a snowball stand right now. You hire 15 people and don't pay them any, any money. Imagine how much money you make at that. But imagine how much money if they just were like somehow agreed. But guess what? They wouldn't agree no. just by you by you being you nice get, to them. No, you wouldn't even get that's the first step. I know, but guess what you do? You beat the shit out of them. You don't let them leave. Chain them, them up. Yeah. Yeah. Fucking that snowball stand will be jumping out of the gym. Like it'd be fucking like rainbow. hundred percent profit. Egg custard. All money coming in. No money coming out. Man, come on. A, ch- a paycheck. Here, you take this gruel. Yeah. Eat this oatmeal and get back on the um the uh, ice crushing machine. If I had a snowball stand with free labor, I'd be a millionaire right now. They doing it in front of our face, though, man. That's crazy. The the moved labor shit is that's wild. <laughs> that's crazy. Be like, nah, slaves, like, no, slaves is slaves let's is a little throw too that, harsh. Let's throw that term away. Slaves is a little too harsh. Well, let's not use that word, man. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Anyway, man, you know, let's uh, let's, let's get to these shout outs. <laughs> let's, let's get to these shout outs. Yeah, let's change it up for Fourth of July, man. Let's turn up. We're gonna yeah, have a different energy. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's time for the shout-outs, man. Listen, much appreciation to everybody that shows us love on the Patreon. Um, can't really put it into words enough what the support means, man. Just, whenever I see a new name come up on there, it, it, it means a lot. Yeah. It means you just, you're just not getting enough just with the regular podcast. You want to get that extra stuff, slash you just want to support yeah. and, let, and help us grow. So it's always greatly appreciated. And the first person I want to show some gratitude to is Bianca. Shout out to the homie Bianca, man. We didn't met some dope Biancas in life, bro. Yeah. Matter of fact, it was a Bianca one time. You want to talk about uh, getting in the getting in while the getting is good. I remember one time there was a friend that we we it was a you know, lady friend situation, mm-hmm. and there was a I had an opportunity. It was a it was a, a Bianca in in the situation. I was like, nah, I don't really. She's not my type. Yeah. And then she ended up getting real cute just just not long after that. Mm-hmm. Like, and I was like, oh, now you don't have a shot now. It's over with. You know, so, you know, so it just goes to let you, it goes to let you know, like, you know, you get in early. Yeah. And, you know, good personality and things like that. So yeah, a man. lot of personality Bianca's out there. And, you know, and sometimes, you know, you're 14, then they're 16, then you, you, you miss the boat. Yeah. But if you got in you're 14, personality and all that type of stuff, then then when they glow up, you're yeah. in. Now you have to leave. You have to leave when they grow up. Huh? Yeah, yeah. It was us. <laughs> a mistake, it's a mistake on my part, but you know we live and we learn. It's all good. <laughs> Up next we got Kawhi Co- Leonard. Oh no, Kawhi Kawhi Leonard. Uh, no, it's C O W I S three. Hmm. Do with that with you will. Shout out to you, Kawhi's three. Kawhi's just just say just be a person. Up next we got Julie S. Shout okay. out to Julie S. Another one. Shout mm. out to Julie S. Keeping it uh, real and gangster. Julie. Uh, she truly is a beauty, and I like my ju- uh, you got it fluidly moving through uh, movies. Okay, wow. Up next, we got Aaliyah. Yeah, shout out to Aaliyah. Okay. I like I like how they spell it. It's very you is know it two A's. No, it's an E-I-G-H-A oh, type of situation. Exotic. Yeah, yeah, very okay. much so. And it looks like they're wearing a, a, a red dress. All right. Maybe going out for some cocktails, something like that. I appreciate it. Okay. Up next, we got Miss Shibes. 
like Miss Shive. So maybe mm. a teacher or something like that. So shout out to them. Um, I don't know any other way to say your name. I, I guess it's better if I didn't say your first name and your last name, but that's the name that's there. Um, Miss Shives, uh, their picture some kind of crest. Maybe it might be having relation to Zelda. I'm not really sure. Mm. Up next, we got either, I'm going to say Dana. Okay. Uh, Dana M. Shout out to Dana M. Keep doing your thing out there. We much much love and much gratitude to you. Thank you. Shishi. Uh, up next, we got Heather C. Uh, um, Heather, covered in feathers. No nah, other better. You, you reached on that one. Yeah. I, you know, I'm just, I'm just trying. <laughs> I got trying, you. Okay. But hey, Heather, hey, Heather, you're doing your thing. Um, and lastly, we got Tess H. Okay. I'll tell you what. <laughs> she passed the ultimate test by joining that affirmative murder Absolutely. Patreon situation Absolutely. and being an affirminator for life. Much love, or until she cancels. That's also an option that she has as well. You can quit. You can quit anytime. It's fine. We wouldn't judge you. We wouldn't be mad no. at you anytime. Anything that's fine. That's fine. Uh, and uh, the song is over. And that's yeah. the last of the shout outs. So thank you very much to all of those people involved. And thank you very much to everybody that supports the podcast. Once again, um, I'm I'm very uh, honored and and touched that people. Uh, received the last episode so yeah. well and found things to take away from it. Um, it it really it really touched me a lot. So thank you t- for reaching out and letting us know how you felt about what we did because it means a lot. Because sometimes you just do something you don't really know how it's gonna be received. Right. I I think I was, I was ready to be like attacked. Yeah, man, you thought other, was gonna burn for, down to the ground. Yeah, for other things, not the phone calls, but right, right. for other things, I thought I was gonna be attacked about, and you know, or, or from from some people, and it hasn't happened. So, you know, uh, you know, and if it was to happen, I wouldn't really care because those people, they don't matter. Um, what we're gonna do is we're gonna take a quick break, and when we come back, we're gonna get into some fucked up shit. So stick around. It's my turn to go first this episode. Um, my affirmative murder this week is about the murder of Imani Gabrielle Moss. Oh. So Imani Gabrielle Moss was born on April 23rd, 2003. Taurus. Shortly after Imani's birth, her mother, who was addicted to drugs, surrendered her parental rights. And Imani's father, his, ne- his name is either Aman or Iman. Her name is Imani, so I'm guessing his name is like Iman. Is that a guess? No, I mean or like I don't know. Pronunciation? I don't, yeah, I, mean, I think it's Iman. By Iman, yeah. Most people I know. Yeah. So yeah, it's, her name is E M A N I. His name is just Iman. E M A N. Yeah, Iman Shepard named his daughter Iman. Iman Shepard Jr. And they call her yeah. they call her yeah, Junior. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think can, that can that's, he do that? I mean, he did it. I like it kind of. I mean, there's nothing it's, wrong it, with that. It tears down the exactly. the you yeah, know yeah, the norms. Yeah, yeah I like yeah. that. You just boys don't just have to be juniors. Yeah. You are my legacy. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So um, her father, Iman, gained sole custody um, of her. Mm-hmm. So Imani was one of five children born to her mother. And her mother surrendered parental rights to all of her. Um, so Iman was charged with, with and convicted of battery and second degree child cruelty mm. in 2004 after beating Imani's biological mother in front of her. Oh, wow. Yep. So Iman basically raised Imani and often took her to Freedom Christian Church, which is the same place he met his now wife, Tiffany Moss, mm-hmm. a preschool che- teacher. So Iman and Tiffany married in July of 2009 and had two children, a son and a daughter. Right. So they had a family of uh, three, three kids. Well, Im- yeah. And Imani's but two are Tiffany and Moss. Yeah. And then 
Amani is Iman's. Mm-hmm. Though there are no records indicating that Tiffany abused her biolo- biological children, mm-hmm. we know for a fact that she abused Amani. Wow. The abuse, so she'd been abusing Amani, but the abuse increased in March 2010. Now, it's about a year they've been, a little over a year they've been married, right? Yeah. So the abuse in- increased in March 2010 after a beating of Imani caused Moss to lose her job. Gone. That that job, she should not be able to, mm-hmm. you know, be in that um, occupation again. Barring like some kind of, you have a really good explanation. Like your ex right. came in and they beat the, you like, couldn't stop them. They beat you up too. Like it, it wasn't you. Yeah, like yeah. You didn't hit a kid. Exactly. If it's proven that you hit a kid at your house, I don't want you around kids. Right. Working with kids. So Moss lost her job because they found out she was beating Imani. Mm-hmm. So Imani, then at she was then age six, told told the school nurse that she was afraid to go home with a bad report card mm. because she worried that her parents, more specifically Tiffany Moss, mm-hmm. um, would would hurt her. Yeah, not yell at her, hurt her, not punish her. They would physically beat her. Wow. And now she lost her job. And instead of being responsible and being like, I shouldn't do that. It's like, I blame you. Exactly. You got me fired. Exactly. Yep. So I see even That's more Exactly. Damage. Yep. Exactly where it's going. So she also told the nurse that her stepmother had spanked her with a, with a uh, curtain rod. The nurse then found multiple scabs, bruises, and welts on Imani's arms, back, chest, legs, and shoulders. And Imani was taken to the police headquarters. Tiffany was arrested and charged with first degree child cruelty. Tiffany admitted to hitting Imani three times after she failed to do her homework. She pleaded guilty and was sentenced to five years of probation as part of Georgia's first offender program. The plea deal was signed by the Georgia Division of Family and Child Services, Services, which is DDFCS. Mm -hmm. The GDFCS dismissed the case against Tiffany and Iman as they completed uh, parenting classes. After the 2010 beating, Amani was taken out of her father and stepmother's home and okay. placed with her grandmother, okay. Robin. Okay. Staying with her for s- about six months, right? Mm-hmm. So during this time, Amani's school performance improved dramatically. Healthy situation. Yes. She's not stressed. She don't have to. She can go to school and focus on her schoolwork, being mm-hmm. a, more importantly, being a child. Not thinking about going not, back home at the end of the day. Because that's what you're thinking about all day. Mm-hmm. You think about going home and you got to deal with getting your ass whipped for no reason. Like. Because the stepmom is, you know, angry at you. Mm-hmm. Again, so Amani's performance, school performance improved. Iman fought to have custody of Amani. And in the fall of 2010, unfortunately, GDFCS returned her home. Right? This is like... Again, the system failing this little girl. Yeah, but it's like, okay. No, because I was going to say... They have a track record of abusing this girl. Absolutely. Because here's what it is. is like the the social worker programs, like they want kids to be with parents, right? I get that. So it's like, but not, you set a, up a, not if it's dangerous. Right. If it's an unhealthy situation. Yeah. It's like that should come over. Not like, not like oh, well, now, I'm, now I'm, I'm good now. It's like you've gotten enough chances to like, you know, prove that and you keep failing. And so even though you are the biological parent, if this isn't the best situation, even if they are your kid. Exactly. But it's like, they, but they want kids to be with their kid, their parents. Like if that's the ideal situation for, you know, these children services 
situations like yeah we, we can reunite families yeah but sometimes they shouldn't they shouldn't be reunited i don't know I don't another know. thing I, th- I thought about i don't know if you have this same idea or the same feeling is you know aman wanted you know this is his step his wife right mm-hmm. aman wanted after she was removed from the house and stayed with um the grandmother yeah aman wanted the custody back of his child sure i'm all for a father being like, as a father, this is what, this is the right thing I'm supposed to do, right? Yeah. Right? So he's like, you know, I want my child back because that's what I'm supposed to do as a as a father, as a provider, as a man. Sure. But I think some, some now I could be wrong. I think some men do that. Just because it looks. Just because of ego. I get you. I get what you're saying. And I don't think that's right. I get that. Like, are you looking objectively at is, what's the better situation? Exactly. Your grandmother is not, there's no danger. Exactly. Are you doing it just because you like, you don't want to have the people talking image about of like, me. you know, I'm not taking care of my child. I don't yeah. want to take custody. Or it's like, do you really think this is the best situation for your child? Yeah. That's why, you know, listen, not to make no, no funny shit, but like the end of Matilda gets me every time because mm-hmm. they were awful parents. Yeah. Like the Wormwoods were awful people. And at the end of that movie, she found a person who got her and cared about her and all this stuff. And they were like, we're on the run. Like, we committed a crime. We're leaving the country. And she's yeah. like, no, like, no, like, let me stay here. Mm-hmm. Like, y'all don't even like me. Let me just stay here with Miss Honey. We can read books and roll around the grass all day and hula hoop. And they, and they were like, you know what? This is a better situation for yeah. you. So they signed over their parental rights yeah. in that situation. Like, they did the right thing. Exactly. It's just because, like oh, you're our responsibility technically, even if we don't handle the responsibility properly, you're still supposed to be with us. And it was like, no, like this is the better situation to be in. I do agree with you. I think a lot of times people um, do things because of the optics as opposed to like exactly. what's the best situation exactly. for yeah, it yeah. to do, to happen. And that's outside of like kids too. Like sometimes right. people just go like, this looks like the thing to do. Right. And so I don't even care if I'm not doing it right. Like this is how it should look. This I don't want it to look a certain kind yeah, of way. Yeah, I just... The reason why I brought it because I've never heard anybody else talk about that, and I just think that's like a real, real problem. And I think that's what Iman was doing. It was like, I'm supposed to take care of you, yeah. and I want you know you need to be with me. Yeah, but sometimes like, you stick no. around. And, sometimes you stick around and fuck your kids up. Exactly. Sometimes but, the kids. Exactly. Some kids are better off without you there. Yep. I, that might be an unpopular opinion, but sometimes like you don't have your shit together. You're not in a position to be a beneficial part of this kid's life, and just because you feel like, well, I'm the parent, I need to be here. It's like no. Not like this. Yeah. Not like this you don't need to be. Exactly. So it'd be better for you to just not be around. Yep. Speaking from personal experience, it's much easier to deal with like the absentee parent trauma or, mm-hmm. you know, psych- psychology than like the trauma of like what being a, of being around a toxic fucked up situation could do. I don't know what that would be. I only have one of those things. and I But I would take the situation that I have now. Because if I would have been around a toxic situation, I don't think me and my dad would have the relationship that we have today. Yeah. Because it's like I didn't see him at his worst, and now I get to meet, reintroduce myself to him at his best. Yeah, yeah. As opposed to like, no, nah, man, he hit, you hit your mom and fuck yeah, whatever, yeah. and then now I'm supposed to what? Like, forgive all that shit? Like, I didn't see you, and so yeah. now I can kind of just start from anew as opposed to like neuralizing my mind exactly. of all the horrible shit and right. then just trying to start fresh from today. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah, man. Food for thought. Uh, again, Aman, Aman uh, then fought for custody for Amani in the fall of 2010, and the GDFCS returned her uh, back to him. Mm-hmm. Robin fought to retain custody of her granddaughter. Mm. I don't know how she didn't win this, win that case. He's, I just don't bi- know. He's, he's a bi- He's a paternal parent. That's, it, it's crazy. Yeah. But like, how much? 
I don't oh know. Yeah, look at her grades. Evidence, evidence do you need to see? Yeah, look at her grades. Look at how look at her pictures that we take together. She's happy. Yep. Uh, yeah. So Robin fought to retain custody of her granddaughter. Though she suspected that Amani was being abused, she could not persuade authorities to give her custody. Mm. So prosecutors later argued at trial that the March 2010 abuse incident launched launched an escalating cycle of more abuse. Now, she, Tiffany Moss lost her job mm-hmm. because they found out she was beating. Yep. She went to, she had probation. Mm-hmm. She got caught. And she's blaming this kid the whole time. She, all the time. Now it's, it's getting worse. Mm-hmm. She's upping the physical abuse. For sure. Lost. Like, I mean, I just the Terrell Peterson that case I did a few weeks back. Like, this is yeah. very similar to that. You mm-hmm. know, like it's, but it's 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 like it's a it's like um, the stepmother's like this is not my child. So I don't give a, I don't give a shit. I've actually like I haven't heard it to this extreme before, but I've been interested. I've been seeing a lot of like, I think I saw a clip from the Steve Harvey show, like his uh, talk show, mm-hmm. or it was either that or Wendy Williams. I saw it floating around online where a lady anonymously wrote into one of these talk shows for advice. And was like, me and my husband, we just got married and we just had a baby. But he has a kid from a previous relationship. And I just, like, don't like that. I just, um, I, I feel like, you know, this kid's taking away from our family. It was like, it was yeah. such a, like, disdain for yeah. a kid. Like, it was yeah. so, like, it was, like, resentful. And I think that I've seen a couple of instances where I see this discussion being had of, like, yeah. and it's another one of those kind of, it's kind of on the same line of the little sandwich situation exactly. where it's yeah, like, yeah. You, but in that situation, like you do know, you knew what you signed up for. Like right. this person had a kid before you guys met, and just because you guys have a kid and you want to be a family now, doesn't mean this person is supposed to like pretend like he. You want want that? Like, what if you guys break up? Would you want him to do that to your kid? Exactly. Why, but why is it jealousy? Why do you have jealousy for a child that? Yes, yeah, has no control over the situation. Yeah. Or what his her dad his. It's her a dad weird like, emotion. Yeah. It's a weird, and it goes both ways because we've seen, I've seen stories of like dudes that, you know, do the same thing to like a woman's kid, you know, like it's a weird thing where you like resent that it it goes, it goes deep psychologically because it's like you had another life, you had another relationship, you had sex with somebody else. Yeah, if you don't want to take care, if you don't want to take care of somebody else's child, that's fine. Yeah, but you don't want them to take care. But (laughs) when it's like you guys are married and you guys live in the same house and then the child comes over every other weekend or whatever it is. Yeah, and you're like mad. That's, that's different. Yeah. You can't just like be mad at the kid. Yeah, make your yeah. own peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Come on now, I'm only making peanut butter and jelly sandwich for my kid. That's gross. That's super, super. gross. <laughs> um, so Moss continued to abuse Amani for the next several years. Wow. In July of 2012, Amani twice tried to run away from home. In one case, she went to the apartment complex office and told them that she wanted to run away because Moss had tied her up with a belt. And placed her in cold in a cold shower. Wow. Go so down. Amani was returned to, to uh, Iman, Iman and Moss. In another July 2012 incident, Amani ran away again. And she was found this poor girl was found sleeping in, in, in bushes nearby near the apartment complex. Um and the police officer found her. Right. This responsibility as a father, bro. Like you are supposed to be a father. You keep fighting for this custody. You should not want your kid to be around. You should you should lose love for this woman that you're. Um, but you, like, yeah. But you hear his name hasn't come up yet. Yeah. So I'm gonna get to that. I mean, other than him fighting for fighting to bring her back into the situation. Yeah, that's it, right? So again, she was she ran away again, found sleeping in the bushes by the police. The police found her. Amani told the officer that she had run away because her stepmother was mean to her. The officer reported the event to the GDFCS and filed a runaway and curfew violation charges against Amani. Get the fuck out of here. To ensure that she would not 
see a juvenile court judge. Wow. Wow. Punish the kid. Isn't that nuts? Punish the kid. And they said, like, I ran away because of this. Yeah. And they're like, no, nah, you ran away. That's against the rules. So you're in trouble. Yep. Wow. And go back home. And go back and go to back the situation. Home. Exactly. Wow. So from 2011 to the summer of 2013, the Moss family moved around and sometimes living with other family members. Now, this is where Iman comes in. Iman, who worked long hours, did not see his children often. Right? He later reported at trial that she would, Imani, would eat a lot when he saw her on the weekends when he would take care of her. Uh-huh. When he was the one in charge of the, the, the kids, she would eat. Right? Mm-hmm. When Moss lived, when Moss, when the Moss lived on their own, Imani rarely saw extended family. In May of 2013, the Mosses visited Iman's sister, Sharon, Sharon Niece, um, for Mother's Day. And Sharon Niece and Robin noticed that Amani's hair had been cut. Mm. When Robin confronted Moss about it, this woman, Moss reported, reportedly said, if you act ugly, you look ugly. Wow. Wow. Yeah. And that's like so deep seated too, because like you know the whole the history of like black women and hair and, yeah. and, all, and how how it's such a psychological it's so fucked up because I'm not I'm not I wouldn't say I'm okay because I might catch some flack for this I've seen some like there would be like some parents with like drill sergeant parents mm-hmm. and we talked about this before like instead yeah. of beating their kids they might like make sit do a wall sit with some books on their lap or something mm-hmm. like that I've seen videos of like they do it to boys where it's like you want to act up in class you want to whatever you like the kids are being acting out mm-hmm. and they give them like a bad haircut mm-hmm. to embarrass them yeah and i've seen that in the past and i go i mean that's better than hitting them right yeah but i've also seen some videos as of recently of like people doing communicative parenting mm-hmm. where they go no no that don't do that and if you want this you just ask for it and what and i, I really have to unlearn a lot of the stuff that I think is a healthy parenting because I I took a leap from like well like yeah I mean just don't hit your kids like I mean I know I grew up in a certain kind of way a little lip pop a little smack on the yeah. butt like but you know that's not okay but now you could do like psychological shit you could do like oh uh, I'm gonna make you go to school and do a uh, TikTok dances in front of your whole class and embarrass you in front of everybody it's like that's fucked up too yeah you know like yeah. psychological torture is yeah. bad as well yeah. you know so it's it's interesting because i ha- in the past i have gone yeah man you know uh your kid was acting crazy in school you give him a little you know mess their shape up up send them to yeah. school embarrass them but it's like i don't know it's almost sexist that i'm like when it's a girl i'm like that's not cool that's not okay to do that to a little girl you just reminded me of there was one where i was a, in middle school right this is after you left so it's probably like it's probably like eighth grade i think mm-hmm. right? there was a kid he used to have all the fresh, all the fresh shit. Uh-huh. He got bad grades. Yeah. Right. And his dad took all his fresh shit away <laughs> and gave him like some bulls, like some bullshit. Yeah, just like some crazy. Walmart shoes. Bufu and all yeah, yeah, whatever. <laughs> I'm not I'm not trashing Walmart clothes. Sure. But, but it was a if it he's was, wearing Jordan. It was a big transition to what he was. Yes. Yeah. And it was done on purpose. Exactly. And he came in with some bullshit on. I'm it was not like, a, I don't And see. it was like that that was his punishment. Yeah. You don't get the fresh you don't want to act up in class. Mm-hmm. You, get, you, get you don't shacks. get the fresh shit. You get shacks. You get some shacks. You act whack, you get shacks. So that's the first time I saw something like that. I go, damn. Yeah. And you know, so see the kids yeah. and the kids noticed it and they knew what it was. Exactly. See, uh, 
but when you see and it's like the, in me, I'm like, yeah, that's kind of that's kind of tight. Yeah, man. teach that kid a lesson, man. But I don't know. That's that. psychologically that's messed up. But you shouldn't. But in that regard, it's like that's materialism. That kid should. It's, exactly. I think yeah, that's yeah. that's different. I think that's good. Yeah. The shaving the head thing is messed up. But that I'm not opposed to that. Me. Let, let us know what you think. In the, let us let us know what you think uh, in Facebook posts and stuff like yeah. that. I don't know that one. I'm not a. I'm not against that one. You know. Yeah, man. Uh, yeah, yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. so Moss is so Moss reportedly said that you know if you act ugly you look ugly. I don't like that. And that was because she cut her hair. Yeah. So Sharon Nice also noticed that Imani acted in a more timid fashion after the 2013. I'm sorry, after the 2012 2013 school year, Iman and Moss announced that they would pull Imani from public school and homeschool her. Right. That's not a good sign. Yep. Sharon Nice objected to the idea and called. She called GDFCS. Now. This is the, Sharon is the sister of Iman. Sister of Iman. Mm-hmm. So you had the grandmother that called, Miss Robin. Mm-hmm. And you got Sharon that called, reporting, you know, what's going on. And they have a service. record. They have a record of child abuse. Yep. So she called the GDFCS asking them to intervene, but they declined. On August 6, 2013, the GDFCS received an anonymous tip that Imani was being neglected by her father and stepmother and appeared to be thin. According to a lawsuit against the GDFCS filed by Robin, the GDFCS made no visit to the home and did not conduct a follow-up. Due to, ha- due to having no current address and no current maltreatment. Because they moved around a lot. Because they moved around a lot. And just no evidence of like, we don't know if this is it. Somebody can call it an anonymous tip, but we don't know if, if this is real. Yeah. But... Again, I don't know the responsibilities in the in the job description of, you know, child services workers, but it's like y'all can't send one person out there to go check. Lay eyes on the kid. Just lay eyes on the kid. So May 12, 2013, which is Mother's Day, was the last time any members of Imani's family, Imani's family besides her father and stepmother and siblings saw her alive. In the late summer of 2013, Iman, Moss, their children, and Imani moved to an apartment in Lawrenceville, Georgia. According to District Attorney Danny Porter, this was when, for all intents and purposes, Imani vanished for the face of the earth. So this is this that was his words. Yeah. During this time, Iman worked two jobs. Right, so he's barely never home. home. Basically. He's and never yet, he's and never yet home. he feels this responsibility to have his kid just be under his roof. Exactly, man. Making him largely absent from Imani's life. He would leave for his first job in early morning. Briefly return in the late afternoon, then leave for his second job around 6, 6 o'clock p.m., before finally returning at around 10.30 or 11 p.m. When Iman was at work, Moss was left to care for the children. And that's all day. All day. Yeah. So we don't know what's going on. What's going on. And now this, she's homeschooled. Homeschooled. Now she's there's nobody eating. laying eyes on her. Exactly. No teachers, no nothing. Yep. So at some point, Moss began to starve Imani. According to prosecutors, the starvation likely lasted several weeks. Mm. During this time, Amani was confined to her bedroom. Neighbors only saw Moss's biological children and didn't know that they had an older sister. Wow. Kids going out playing, eating snacks and shit, and it's like she's it's a whole nother person in the house. Just in the room. Like Cinderella or exactly. something. Exactly. Yep. Wow. So Imani eventually became too weak to move and was unable to leave her bedroom. And I mean, how hard is this guy working? You don't come home, come kiss your daughter on the forehead or something? Like, you just come right home, go to sleep? Hop in and leave out. She was too 
week to even use the bathroom, bro. So she would just, wow, you know, do her business. In I refuse. I refuse. I mean, I refuse to believe that he doesn't. He didn't catch a glimpse of this at any point. Oh, there's no way he there's was like, no, I didn't know. Yeah. It, the story gets worse, bro. Though Moss denied food to Imani, she did take care of her biological children, right? Yeah. On several occasions, she sent Aman pictures of meals she had prepared for her children. Oh, this bitch is evil. And in other instances, she asked her husband to bring home cookie dough that she could bake, right? So at trial, prosecutors pointed out that Imani would have to smell fresh baked cookies fresh baked and food cookies. and all this shit and not get anything. Not get nothing. That's evil. That's an evil person. Why she's starving to death in her room. Yeah, that's an evil, that's a straight up evil person, bro. That's evil as shit. Yeah. I don't even know how you could even sit in front of a judge and like, what do you even say to justify any of this? Starvation is so cruel. Painful. Slow. Slow. For a child. Agonizing. That's, that's, it's like, it's not even like she's like stranded and not eating. Yeah, she's, she's in, in a house smelling food, smelling cookies, cookies and shit, and toll house shit, man. Elves, come on. So, according to Doctor Staff- Staffenberg, the medical examiner who testified at trial, the process of starving to death would have been extremely painful. Mm. At first, Amani would have would have experienced hunger pains. She then would have to become fatigued, and she did, she would continue to lose energy and weight until she ultimately died. And this, man, I mean, this story is it's crazy. So in early in the early evening on October 24th, Amani suffered what Iman believed was a seizure. So Iman testified that when he came home, like, I guess mid-break, he came home in his little break between jobs. Yeah. Moss told him that there was something wrong with Imani. He then went into the bathroom where he found that his daughter in the bathtub shaking. Imani was unresponsive and her eyes were rolling back and forth. Iman moved Imani to her bedroom where she stayed for the next couple of days. Iman visited her during this time and tried to feed her, but was unsuccessful. Imani died on October 28th of 2013. By the time Imani died, she was severely underweight, uh, with Dr. Staffenberg described as a more or less skin and bones. Oh, wow. She weighed 32 pounds. How old was she? She's probably like around eight, because like when they got married, she was like six. Yeah. And it's like, Three or four years later, right? So she's like 89 or something around that, like 10 almost. So she weighed about the same weight of an average three-year-old child. Additionally, her organs were found at autopsy to be very small. You don't see your kid in that bathtub and go, oh my God, like I have to, if I'm giving him the benefit of that, I have to go, this is the first time you're seeing your kid in in weeks because you just work so much. You're not like, why is she skin and bones? Like, what the yeah. fuck is wrong with... I'm calling exactly. the police on you. Yeah. You know, like, at no point... And that's the thing is, like, it's been years of this, bro. This guy is as complicit as it gets. Like, yeah. he he is not... he. How do you not fall out of love with this woman for beating your daughter? Like, you stayed and you were just cool with it? He's, he was cool with this shit, man. He, yeah. he knew she wasn't eating. Yeah. Or he wasn't... She wasn't feeding her or whatever. That's just... That's sick, man. Crazy. So on October 28th, Moss called Iman at work to tell him that Imani was dead. Iman testified at trial that when he came home from work, the family seemed normal. Playing with the children, and Moss was watching TV, right? So he come home. With a dead girl in the With a dead, his dead child in the room. 
He found his daughter laying on the blanket in her bedroom, her bedroom floor. He told his wife that they should call the police. Now, again, he worked two jobs, right? So he he came home mm-hmm. and Moss told him that hey, something's wrong with Imani. Gets her out of the bathtub, puts her in the room. Tried to feed her, it didn't work. Left her in she, she dies. Yeah. He come home and then it's like, everything's fine. And she's like dead on the floor, wrapped up in a blanket. So they watch, every day walk in the house and you fucking... Like, oh, oh yeah, she's dead. She's in the room. They fucking throwing the kids around, playing a party and shit. And she's, uh, he's found his daughter lying on a blanket in the floor, in, in the bedroom floor. Like he told his wife that she sh- they should call the police, though she insisted that they couldn't because she would lose her children, her biological children. That's what she was worried about. Have a dead body in your house. Moss told Iman that they needed to hide Imani's body. Imani's body. Come on, bro, get out of here. And B, she said, quote. They should hide Imani's body, and we need to be on our criminal mind. Like, oh, like the show? <laughs> hey, the show. <laughs> I got to be on my criminal mind shit. That's crazy. <laughs> That's what she said? Yeah, man. What the fuck is wrong with you? I got to be on my criminal mind shit. got to be shit. on our criminal, our criminal mind shit. And this fucking dumbass. What would, this is what his dumbass. What, what would Spencer Reed do? Iman wrapped Imani's body up in blankets, moved her to the computer room for several days, the couple kept Imani's body in their apartment. Their lives essentially went back to normal. He just cookies pretend, and shit. Just pretending they don't have a, a a a kid, a third kid. The neighbors don't know, but like she has people that care about her, man. Like they're gonna come and ask questions at some point. Just cross that bridge when you get to it. Yep. So Iman testified at trial that he would go to work and spend time at home with Imani's body grieving. Like go visit it. Go visit it. Nah, bro, this is all sick. Dude, sick. All they sick. all sick. Oh, sick. Man. Oh, it gets worse. It gets worse. The Moss couple agreed to cover up Imani's death. The day after Imani's death, Moss went to Ann's Lennon's, right? Mm-hmm. Bought new sheets and new coveralls. Mm-hmm. Like the ones that Imani had, had used uh, because they were covered up in urine and feces. So she replaced the... She replaced the... The fucking linens. No, no. Yeah, yeah, she replaced, yep, she replaced the She lens, wanted to yep. get the guest room or whatever room looking yeah. nice again. Yep. Moss suggested, suggested that they bury Imani and report her as a runaway. Iman went to Walmart and bought galvanized trash cans. Like the metal, like Oscar the Grouch trash cans? Yep. <laughs> yeah. That's the only image I have. Nobody buys those. Nobody buys those. Fucking silver metal with a lid. With dent, they get dented and yeah. it's like they're... Useless now. They're loud. They're so loud. <laughs> Got fucking tops. Just come on now. Just put the top <laughs> on it like it's a soup, like it's a soup pot. Exactly. So he went and bought fucking metal trash cans, trash bags, charcoal, and lighter fluid. This is his kid, bro. Yeah. Yep. On Halloween, Moss and Iman decided to put Imani's body in the trash can and burn it. When they tried to place her in the trash can. They found that she was too too stiff with rigor mortis and used duct tape to compress her body. Wow. Iman covered her with a comforter. The moss, the moss then stuffed Imani's body in a trash bag. In the early, in the early hours of November 1st, the moss couple put the trash can containing Imani's body in the back of their car and took their child to find a place to burn it. They found a secluded location to commit the arson and removed the trash cans from the vehicle. They added charcoal briquettes. They added charcoal briquettes to the bottom of the can, doused Imani's body with lighter fluid, and set it on fire. 
As the couple watched the body burn, they found that it would not burn to ash. After about five minutes, they extinguished the fire and took the trash can and Imani's body back to the apartment. So the day after attempting to burn Imani's body, Iman went to work. You know, went back to work with Imani's body still in the back of his car. He confessed to a friend about the crime. The friend, <laughs> the what? friend, right? Imagine uh, somebody coming like, "Hey, man, I got to talk to you about something, man." You know my daughter. My daughter, right? She's I, dead. <laughs> then go what? So Spill sandwiches out? Like, eat my well, lunch, man. Get this. Me and the wife take her out to the park. Try to light her body on fire. Get rid of the evidence. You know, a crime. The whole thing didn't burn. So she's in my truck right now. What do you want that person to do with that information? Why are you telling me this? But his conscious, bro. Yeah. His conscious is so fucked up. And he's been going in there and fucking saying I'm sorry to her and shit, all that shit. Yeah. He had to tell somebody. He had to, he had to get it out. But who the fuck is going to hold that secret? Not a decent person on this earth? No. That's crazy. And you, when you, what kind of, well, how good is this job? You really keep going to this job and not paying attention to what's going on at your house, man. Then you go to it with your kid's half burned body and you're in the car? Yeah. That's fucking crazy, man. This wow. is a sick guy. Yeah. He's, I almost think he's sicker than the, I mean, the woman, I, she's fucking terrible. But to a, that's your kid. Yeah. To allow this person to do this is, and, and then convince you yeah. to do it too. Yeah. All right, let's get on our criminal minds. Yeah, yeah, So he confessed to a friend about the crime. The friend urged him to call the police. Fuck all of that. I'm going to call I'm calling the police. police. You're not my friend anymore. No, we never are. No. <laughs> You're not my friend You're ever friends. again. Just met this guy. We, we just ate our lunch yeah, together. We're coworkers. <laughs> we're coworkers. So the friend urged him to call the police. Iman thought about it. And after coming home from his second job, he decided to contact the police. So he went a whole day with his dead body in this truck of his daughter. Right. But you got to know at this point, like, you're, I mean, like, you've done so much. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. There's no, there's no you're way. You're screwed. Like, yeah, no yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. At 4 a.m., he made the call. So, at, this is eating him the fuck up. He's like, I can't, you can't sleep. You, yeah. He's like, I can't, you know, I can't do this anymore. Right. At 4 a.m., he made the call, saying that he was suicidal. Iman informed Moss about the call to the police. Upon, upon learning that the police had been called, Moss placed a trash can with Imani's remains in a grassy area at the apartment and fled in the family vehicle with her children. So she was, she got the fuck out of there. She's wow. like, I'm out. Upon arrival at the apartment, police were told that, told by Iman that Imani had drunk some chemicals and died. Wait, what? That's what he told. He told her that Imani drunk some chemicals. And then they said, where's her body? And she died, yep. And he and claimed then, and that, the, and then they said, "Where's her body?" Right. <laughs> he claimed that he had panicked and put her body in a trash can, put her body in a trash, put her body in a trash can outside the apartment, and tried to cremate it. Police found the body and did not believe Iman's story. Oh, Quickly, what shocker! Identifying him and his wife as suspects, Iman was arrested almost immediately. Moss dropped her children off at her mother's house and ultimately turned herself in. Iman ultimately confessed to trying to cover up Imani's murder by reporting her as a runaway and trying to burn her body. 2015, he pleaded guilty to a fel felony murder and concealing a death. He was sentenced to life in prison without the possibility of parole. In exchange, he agreed to testify against Moss, who rejected a plea deal that would have 
that would have allowed her to be sentenced to life in prison. Iman is currently incarcerated in the Smith State Prison in Glenville, Georgia. The case against Moss instead went to trial. And this woman. She woman rejected a plea. This woman like she thought nuts. she could beat it. This woman is I'm, taking this to, I'm taking this to trial. This woman is nuts, man. So Moss' trial began on April 15, 2019, and was presided over by Judge George Hitchinson. The jury consisted of six men and six women. Moss, who was appointed lawyers through the state office of the Capitol uh, Defender, what did she do? She, she fired them all. Decided to represent herself. <laughs> I knew it. I knew it. Wow. Man. Yeah, man. I can do this myself. Yep. Decided to I'm represent. Just gonna tell it, I'm just going to tell it like it is. I'm going to get on my criminal mind. herself, man. I'm going to get on my criminal mind. It was, she tried to represent herself and they was like, just take, at least have him in, it's like, it's like, you know, basketball, you got your, you got your coach and you got your assistant coaches and you got the, the, the people yeah. on the bench behind Take one you. of us for, it, it was like, they was like, just put him, just, just put have him. Have him be there. Just have him be there. Run it by him before you come say this crazy shit <laughs> yes. to us. Nah, fuck that. I don't want anybody up here. I got this on my own. Man. Despite Judge Hitchison's efforts to persuade her otherwise, like, just take it. And what do you think you're going to say to us? So, first of all, the first time I met her, Amani, she's looking at me all with her eyes rolling. Mm-hmm. I could tell she didn't like me, and I didn't like her either. It's like, she was six. Yep. So, instead of representing her, her defense attorneys served as standby attorneys to answer any legal questions. Like, look, we just want to, we can, we are paid to be, we just want to be here. So know? they were there to like ask Madden to be like, okay, so can I plead the seventh? Yes. You're like, no, you can't. You exactly. Can't, you yep. can't plead the seventh. Well, you're on, I'd like to take back pleading the seventh. I, I guess I can't do that. Yep. What about if I uh, say that this is a kangaroo court? That's not a thing. You can't really say that. Okay. <laughs> you're on a never mind about the kangaroo yeah. court thing. Can I use Burr Law? No, you can't use, <laughs> can't use Burr Law. <laughs> not here. Only in the Pacific Northwest can you use Burr Law. It's not, you're not in the right region for that. <laughs> right. Okay. Okay. I guess uh, that changes my strategy a bit, but okay. So during pretrial hearings and jury selection, Judge Hutchinson repeatedly, repeatedly urged Moss to rely upon the standby counsel. I bet he was tired too. I, mean, I can only imagine the crazy yep. shit. She was like, "Listen, can you just yeah? Can we just get this over with, please?" Like, and she refused. She refused. Moss did not give an opening statement, nor did she cross-examine any witnesses <laughs> or give a closing argument. What did she what do? What the fuck was? That? What did she do? What did you do? What did you even absolutely do? Absolutely nothing. She did absolutely nothing. So, District Attorney Danny Porter and Assistant District Attorney Lisa Jones called eighteen witnesses, including Imani's aunt grandmother, and fourth-grade teacher. They also called Iman and Dr. Staffenberg, the medical examiner who performed an autopsy on Imani's body. Sounds like they really put a case together. Yep. And she just was over there going, Objection! Yep. Hearsay! (laughs) On April 29th, Moss was convicted of all six counts, including one count of malice murder, two counts of felony murder, two counts of cruelty to children, and one count of concealing a death. The jury deliberated for less than three hours, during the, sentence, during the sentencing phase, Moss declined to address the jury, present mitigating evidence, or have her relatives who had attended the trial testify on her behalf. It's like, you didn't do, you You fired all these people. You'd fired all these people to not do their job. You wasn't going to win this, but you. You didn't even do anything. <laughs> didn't, didn't even try. Anything. Didn't even try. Didn't even put up a fight. She also refused to make a closing statement. In the state's closing argument, Porter, now Porter is the, just a. It's the district attorney. Yeah. Right? Porter argued that Moss did not deserve a life sentence. 
whether it be life sentence with parole or life without parole or life without parole sentence. He said that she would not be given the opportunity to be released. He argued because she would never change. She's shown you too much of her capacity for cruelty. Mm -hmm. There will always be that dark side waiting to come out. Agreed. He also argued that Moss... I'm sorry. He also argued that for Moss, life without parole would not be a worse sentence than death mm. because she did not regret her crimes and would never be bothered, be bothered by them. Yeah. Now, he fucking threw me off in the beginning, but then when I got there, I got, oh, I see where he's yeah. taking this. She deserves something worse than life. Exactly. After, after the closing arguments, the jury began deliberating. After the first day, they appeared conflicted and were told by Judge Hutchinson to go home and sleep on it. They continued deliberation the next day and ultimately agreed on the death penalty as a punishment for Moss. And she turned down a plea that would have just gave her life. Yep. She could have foregone all of this. Yep. So and gotten a better sentence. Yes. So sentencing occurred on May 1st. Judge Hitchison agreed with the jury's recommendation um, and sentenced Moss, who was at age 36, to, wow. to death by lethal injection. So she had been doing this shit since she was like 28. Yeah. Moss was the first person to be sentenced to death in Georgia in over five years. Judge Hitchison scheduled her execution for between, I'm sorry, between June 7th and 14th of 2019. Porter said of the death sentence, there is no joy when a jury imposes a death sentence, but this was one of the worst cases I've ever seen. The first time you look at it, it made you sick. The last time you look at it, it made you sick. The execution did not occur during the June 7th and 14th time frame due to the appeals process which resulted in an automatic stay of an execution being applied to the initial scheduled execution date. She is currently incarcerated at Arundel State Prison. She's Georgia's only female death row inmate. Oh, wow. So if Moss is eventually executed, she will be the third woman in Georgia to be executed since 1945. Um, so this, despite representing her, herself at trial, Moss accepted legal representation in her appeal. Soon after she was sentenced to death, the George Capital, I'm sorry, the Georgia Capital Defender Group filed a motion asking for a new trial. Just trying, just like, just trying to help her out. <laughs> Let her get some kind of right. redo or something. Arguing, among other things, that Moss was not competent to act as her own attorney. And she also didn't <laughs> act as her own attorney. What did she do? <laughs> Nothing. According to her attorneys, Moss has neuropsychological testing data that showed the defendant to have damage to the premature and, f- and prefrontal regions of the brain. A status hearing regarding the motion was held on August 23rd of 2019. I don't deny that something's wrong with her for sure. I mean, I don't deny right. that. Yep. Um, so Iman and Moss still remain married. They lost custody of all their children um, after, you know, the murder of Imani. And then prison for the rest yep. of Yep. The, the children were, and, they f- and it's like, you did this and you fucked up these kids the rest of their lives. The children were sent to live with foster parents. The Moss couple, along with both Moss and Iman's mothers, tried to gain custody. In 2019, Porter told local news that the children were adopted by their foster parents. The couple's son, who was three years old when Imani was murdered, reportedly did have some memories of the crime. Mm. However, according to Porter, at the time of the interview in April 2019, the children were doing great and may never know what happened. Good. We can only hope. Yep, and this part, I feel like this part was, I didn't want to, you know, put this part in here because I thought it was very, very important. 
So Imani's murder led to criticisms and s- systemic changes in Georgia's child welfare system. After the murder, an intake case manager, a social service administrator, and program assistant at the GDFCS were all terminated. Mm-hmm. Others were reportedly disciplined. The murder led the department to enact reforms, including deep investigations into allegations of abuse and changing the way it assembles maltreatment reports. New case managers and supervisors were hired, reducing caseloads, which I think is very, very important. uh, Agency workers no longer decide whether reports weren't investigation based on entirely on um, on information gathered over the telephone. Additional no case is to be assigned. Uh, no cases is to be assigned less serious, low priority, which is crazy that it's, it works that it works that way. Yeah, less serious, low priority status until a caseworker meets the child who allegedly has been abused. You go, you go all, to all, all of, of them. them. Yeah, all of them. Well, this was just a little spank on the butt. Like, no, yep. go check all of them. You don't put put them in categories. Yep. So her death changed the whole system in Georgia. Um. Which I think is a super big deal. Yeah. And the grandmother, you know, she ended up suing GDDFCS, um, saying that you know they fucked up. Yeah. You got my you got my granddaughter. They killed. fucked up. Um. So that was the uh, story of the death of Imani um, Gabrielle Moss. Yeah, man. It's like we just hear so many of these stories of Gabriel Fernandez. Bring it up. Yeah. Terrell Peterson. I did this story a couple weeks ago, and then you know it's always. And there was reform and all this type of stuff, but you know, it it's crazy how messed up the system is, you know. Yeah. And the idea that the system is in such shambles, and you want to roll back women's rights to decide whether or not they want to bring a child into this world if they don't think that they're equipped to handle it, or for whatever reason they they have that that's their that's their business. Yeah. And then you got these people coming out who were celebrating about the rollback of these rights, and they're like, yeah, and then. If you do have a kid, we'll adopt it. And it's like there's a fucking bunch of kids that need adopting now. Yeah. There's the system's crumbling. Yeah. You want to fucking make it to where there's more kids in that system? Fuck off, man. Yeah. Weirdo. Coming out and being like, Well, I'll adopt your kids. What the fuck? What kind of weird shit are you on? Yeah. Um, I think the reform is important. I think it's a big step, but the system's so it's, it's so overwhelmed. It's so overwhelmed, but it shouldn't take a child dying, not even just dying, but it shouldn't take a child suffering for years. Yeah. For to kick you in your ass. To kick you in your ass to change. Yeah. You should just you should just be wanting to. There should be money being yeah, you know, diverted into the system and anything should be. It shouldn't be like oh now we need to for for, for publicity's sake we need to like change things and fire people and get a new person in this position. It's like if that person if you didn't think that person was doing their job well. You should be knowing that. You should be doing performance reviews. Whatever the case is, you, this should be taken very seriously. Yeah. You know? For th- for them to have, you know, low priority cases and high priority cases. It's just, crazy. That's, that's why. That but that's, that's how limited they are in their resources that they're like, we got to get to the ones that are really bad because we only have a certain amount of people we can send out to the things, you know? That's so I always try to not, f- like, place all the... Oh, my bad. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Big ass water bottle fell. Uh, I always try to place, not place all the blame on the social workers, because like they they can only exist in the system, and clearly the system is what's fucked up. Now I'm sure there are social workers who are like just living for the weekend. Like I'm just I'm just working till payday. I'm working, the, you know, like a job. I'm just I just do this job because it's the job I ended up doing. Yep. Um, but that's not every that's not every person. 
And so I wouldn't want to frame it that way at all. But it is, it's a tough job, especially when the infrastructure is fucked up. And it seems like that's the the big problem is like, there's just not enough people. There's not enough caseworkers. And uh, so corners end up getting cut. And in this situation, when you cut a corner, you're leaving a kid alone in a situation where they're being abused. (sighs) Hell of a story, man. Yeah, man. Wow. Um, all right. Well, what we're going to do is we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, it's my turn to tell you guys some fucked up shit. So stick around. All right. And we are back. Friend, at the top of the show, I mentioned a documentary on Netflix called Who We Are. Yeah. Um, it's, I highly recommend it. It's, it's almost, it's, it's a combination of a Ted talk and a documentary. Like basically he's doing this seminar on racism, the history, the the history of racism in America. Mm -hmm. But then he's also going into these places in North Carolina and Mississippi Mm. and Alabama and learning people's stories and talking to people who defend the Confederate flag and, uh, who is the, the guy that's in the... His name's Jeffrey Robinson. Is it a black He's, guy? He's a black guy. Brilliant. Man. Brilliant. Brave. Guy. Brilliant guy. Brilliant brave, guy. Too. Very brave. 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 He goes and he shows... He goes no to like now. Charleston, South Carolina. He shows you this tree that's in the middle of this neighborhood where uh, they turn it into... Like, people? Yeah. It's like, a, it's like called like the lynching tree. It's still up? It's still up. But that's they nice. almost made it like a landmark, like a, a place for people to come and know that... That's the whole point of this documentary. Like, what you say? Get, parties and shit? That's what they oh, do. they show pictures. Yeah, they show pic- They show those pictures of people yeah. being like, "Look at this, man, huh? Yeah. You got some hot dogs over there, and there's like a body hanging from a tree. It's insane." Yeah. But that's he. They keep it there so people know this history. And another thing that was crazy is they take you around Car- South Carolina just because it's. Oh, I don't ruin because I'm, I'm, I'm watching. Okay, this never mind. There's I'm a part when you watch it. I want to. We're gonna talk about it because okay. this is part. I was like, wow, I never even. That's fascinating to me, and I'm and the thing I'm talking about, I'm gonna be looking for it all the time now, mm. and I, so I, so I, so we'll talk about it. Okay. But um, in this documentary, they bring up a lynching story. Okay, and you meet the daughter of this. Yeah, you know, I've done a lot of those. Yeah, you yeah. meet the daughter of this man who was who was lynched. His name is Elmore Bowling. Okay. Um. Uh, so the information I got was from the Elmore Bowling Initiative Initiative website, mm. and um, I just was so fascinated by the story, I wanted to know more because it just sounded like. A movie, you know, yeah. I even mean, these stories are so real, but this, this particular one, you go, wow, that, that's horrible. Yeah. You know, and, and about those, these lynching stories, I do them, you know, I don't know if, and they're not like, there's, they're not the, um, the story that everybody wants to hear, right? Those, not those stories where it's like, sure. Entry and CSI yeah, it's like, and the, crime. Yeah, yeah, like, it's not, yeah. I don't want to use the word pretty, but you give it, I'm trying yeah, to say, yeah, right? yeah, gotcha. but and it's like those stories I do because I'm like, it's history. Yeah. And I don't want those to be forgotten. forgotten at all. No. Because, you know, those could be ancestors of ours. We don't know yes. that. But it's like, I don't, it's a part of history. And I think those stories should be out there. And I Absolutely. think those stories don't get out there enough. Oh, for sure. And I think, you know, I think it's kind of fucked up. Yes. It's, that's why I like the Absolutely fucked up. Not kind of. Yeah. It's absolutely yeah, yeah. fucked up. And I agree. And that's why I chose to do this um story and hmm. also why i'm trying to not promote i don't think the the documentary needs any any promotion but yeah I, you know i like to tell we have an audience i like to tell people in our audience like hey you should check this out it's an important watch and this is an important watch not just because it's like i feel like people should watch it because it's it's the history of this country and people should know it but also it's just really good it's a really well done documentary and it's got a lot of heart and it's just really good so um who we are it's on netflix right now you should check it out anyway my affirmative murder this week is the story of Elmore Bowling. Okay. So in the early 1900s, Elmore Bowling started with a mule and wagon. Hmm. And through ingenuity and hard work, became a well-to-do farmer 
an entrepreneur. Bro, you're going to love this dude also, by the way. You're okay. going to love this dude. Okay. Right? He leased the plantation and then started to, you know, till the fields and work the land and produce to make his own money. He was, so him being African-American, he was a pioneer. Oh, yeah. Not a lot of people was, had was the a, opportunity he, to do he, that. Yeah, he was, a, he was a pioneer and a hustler and, a, and, a, and just, a, just an entrepreneur. Bro. Yeah, yeah. Like, it really is like, <laughs> I haven't even got, yo, you're gonna, mm. by the end of this, you're going to be like, oh, this dude, it's like P. Diddy. Yeah. So Bowling never learned to read or write, but he managed to earn through a range of businesses, which, is, mm. which included owning a fleet of trucks to make all sorts of deliveries from Lounsboro to Montgomery. Bowling had a general store, mm. and he also grew sugarcane, corn, and cotton on his land that he bought on the yeah. highway. I know what he could do, though. What? Count that money, though. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. He could count. He can count. He can count. <laughs> he can't read, right, he but might he might be able to count. Oh, he could count. Oh, no, that's not a problem at all. <laughs> oh, no, he could do that. I promise you. You haven't even gotten started yet. Oh, Elmore? That's my guy, man. Elmore could Already, count. Already, man. Oh, he could absolutely count. <laughs> so in 1931, Elmore started his livestock business in, in Lowndes County. Alabama. Man, jack of all trades, man. Bro, he had his fingers in everything. He was truly an entrepreneur, bro. He was a renaissance man. He started a livestock business, and he used the proceeds to buy a Model T Ford, which he converted into a truck. Mm. Soon, he was making a living not only by raising livestock, but by also hauling bone, kindling, and scrap, and just all other stuff as well. Uh, so he started, like a, he started a hauling company. Man, this guy... I know this had to. I know people was pissed. Oh, a black bro. man with a a black man with a model T. Oh, bro, let me don't even. Hey, we haven't even scratched. <laughs> we haven't even scratched the surface on the haterade. We haven't, even, a, we haven't a model T. We haven't even scratched the surface. Dog. On but listen, not only did he have a model T, he flipped it to do work for. It. Yeah. He didn't give a shit about flossing. It wasn't like a he brought, was driving his family. Around. He's like, yeah. no, nah, I bought the model T, but then yeah. I gutted, I gutted it, and now I use it to haul stuff man. and make more money from it. So it's paying for itself, right? So he started a hauling business with with this Model T, um, and he started to you know haul stuff and scrap iron and stuff all around the county. As his business flourished, he bought a ton and a half truck, adapted it into a shuttle, mm. and began transporting people to town to shop. Mm. He started a bus. Bus, line. yep. Transportation. He was a deacon at Hopewell Baptist Church, and on Sundays, now I'm not saying, listen, I'm not saying Elmore infiltrated the church to get in good so that he could drive people to the church. I'm sure he wanted to get the word of the Lord, but it, it didn't hurt having a reason to go to church on Sunday. And then yeah. you make a little money, a little money? You go to church, you make some money while you're driving all the people to go to church. Right. Yeah. So vertical dude integration, smart, bro. This dude was just, exactly. he just kept the money exactly. in circulation, bro. Yep. He's a genius. Um, so yeah, so he was, he was deacon at the church and he used his, he used the half ton truck that he bought. He converted it into a shuttle and started shuttling people around for errands and groceries and all that type of mm -hmm. stuff. Um, with the help of his wife, Bertha May, now in bowling, and there's seven children. <laughs> Talk about, bro, you're gonna love this dude. I know you love him already, but so, so he used his family, right? Elmore offered prepared food and drinks for sale for his riders on the tr on the half ton truck. Mm. So you're paying a fare to get on the truck, yeah. and then he's got his kids walking around, sandwich, mm. ice creams, juice. Yeah. So he's making money off the vending while in the in the in the truck transporting people. They're paying to get transported. So he's just got money circulating in every That's aspect crazy. of everything that he's doing, yeah. right? Although his children were an important part of his operation, and even though Elmore himself could not read or write, but he could count that money, his children's education was very important to him and his wife. And since schools for colored 
children were in session only for four months of the year, which I don't even, I don't know what, what the hell, I don't know why that is. Um, uh, racism. <laughs> I don't know why that is. Uh, racism. Uh, Elmore places oldest children, Lewis and Elmore Jr., in school in town. I guess they had different rules in town. Okay. Uh, they return home every Friday to prepare the weekend fish fry, mm. another side business of Elmore oh, and Bertha's. Bro, Renaissance man. You know, Diddy, they talk about Diddy, Ciroc, Sean John, yeah. whatever. Nah, bro. Elmore. Uh, as his reputation for reliability spread, White people started hiring Elmore to haul stuff for them with his truck business, mm. including big jobs like transport, like transporting livestock to the stockyard. He was so successful that even white people had to they go. Can help it. Damn, I mean, I yeah, I hate black people, but he can haul some shit, yeah. man. He's effective yeah. and he's got good prices and, and he choice. Gets, yeah, shit. He just is really good at his job. Racism aside, like this is good. It's just good business. It's good business. It's just great business. It doesn't make sense to not go with him, right? Even though I hate darkies. Fuck him, but you know. Yeah, I would never let him come eat in my house, or I would never shake his hand after a business deal. But I'm gonna take that business deal. Yeah, Yeah. that's sick. That's sick. That's. But also, if I didn't have this shit to be hauled, I'd chop his head off. But also, I'm taking that money. If I'm Elmore. I'm taking that money with a smile on my face because I know you're mad. Man. But thank you. Thank you kindly. Thank yep. you very much. You have a good nice day. Thank you very much. I know you won't shake my hand. That's fine. I'll put me, you know, money's in my hand. Transaction's done. Don't shake my hand. That's fine. So the money that he got from all his, his successful uh, business and all his side business and everything allowed Elmore to buy his first tractor trailer truck. Mm. He just keeps like, it's like the Sims or something. Yeah. He just keeps like, I took this money, then I invested in this, boom. Yep. Then I invested in it, leveled up, boom. Now I got this business. He's just branching off in all yeah. these different things. So he brought a tractor trailer. After purchasing the tractor trailer, Elmore converted his original short truck into a milk truck. Okay. And he used it to create a needed income stream for sharecropper, share, sharecroppers on the farms around him. Mm. Get this shit, bro. So he already was working with livestock. Yeah. So then he just started milking the cows. Milking? He's delivering the milk? Then he's delivering the milk in his truck oh, that he converted into My milk. favorite place to deliver milk but to. I'm <laughs> 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 oh, not going to finish that yeah, joke. You, know. <laughs> you get it. You get yeah, it. Yeah, you, if you know, you know. <laughs> oh, please. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> um, so, yeah. So he started a milk, a milk route with a, with a milk truck. Mm-hmm. And then Elmore provided the cow's milk that he got from the sharecroppers work. So the sharecroppers were working on these farms for pennies. Mm-hmm. He told them, he said, Hey, when you get off done sharecropping there, come over to my farm, milk my cows mm-hmm. and bottle up my milk. And I'll pay you a nice living too. Mm-hmm. You know, so you get, you know, a double, you know, you can work a double, but you'll make more money over here. Yeah. So on the weekdays, Elmore's drivers collected the milk from the sharecroppers and transported it for sale to the white owned dairy. So now he's collecting okay. money from more white people. Man. Now he's like, oh, man, is that an Elmore, a Elmore truck? Yeah. Yeah, he's got trucks all around doing different stuff. Elmore milk truck. Elmore hauling His name company. is everywhere. Everywhere. And getting money, too. And now he's getting money from white people. Yeah. So his name's starting to ring bells. So his sharecropper team worked hard toward earning the monthly milk check from the dairy uh, that supplemented their meager sharecropping income. So they're making more money because Elmore, above all else, he's a hustler and everything. But he pays people a fair wage and he treats people nicely. Because it's his people. Yeah. So it's like, oh man, yeah. uh, I'm a little short on that this week. Don't I got you. Come come back, pay me back next. He was that kind of guy. Mm. Yeah, he's not gonna and that's that's brilliant. Yeah. When you when you come and you you and you and you um you take money from a community, you gotta put something back in. Yeah. And that's the thing that gets missed a lot of times where, you know, you come into a community, you open up a store in the community, but you just treat it like business and you, you don't build the relationship. 
Elmore knew these people because they were they were people that like him. They were the same people as him. Yeah. So he understood like, oh, I got it. No, no, I know your your mom was sick. You had to take the money to do that. Get it to me next week. Don't yeah. worry about it. He had that kind of energy. And people come and they buy 10 times more things exactly. when you treat them that way. Yep. When you don't and treat them like. they with you too. Exactly. Yep. Loyal. They're not going to go shop anywhere else. If you're yep. like, hey, I got to raise prices 10 cents. That's cool. That's fine, Elmore. Because yeah. I remember when I didn't have, I owed you money and you let me ride on it for a month. Yeah. And I got it back to you. That stuff goes a long way instead yeah. of treating people like criminals. No, get out of here. You, it's, it's $11. You only have $10. Yeah. Get out. And your employees. And your they, employees. Those people are going to be your best workers. Work hard for you, yep. bro. And he's paying you more than the people that's calling you nigger and stuff at the sharecropping at the yeah. farm, you know? Yeah. So you're getting paid more money from this? Come on, bro. It's, it's a whole different thing. So, mm-hmm. so when people did not have money for the fare for his, uh, his shuttle, Elmore would let them ride the passenger bus for free. Mm. And if somebody couldn't pay a loan back, he would cancel their debt. So if somebody owes you 15 cents, like, man, don't worry about it. Yeah. You know, just keep it between me. Don't go around telling people I'm just canceling debts, but like, you don't, yeah. don't worry about, don't worry about it. it. You don't, you don't owe me anything. And then when they get that, but I tell you like, like this, any decent person and most people are decent. I still believe that despite the shit that we see in the world, if you do that for a person, when that person has 15 cents, they're going to come bring you that 15 cents. Yeah. Like even if you go, don't worry about it. I'm not even thinking about it. You don't owe me anything. That person will appreciate that so much that when they do have that money, they're going to come and give you that money back. Yeah. So don't worry about it. Yeah. The pockets are swollen. Don't worry about it. Oh, yes. Yeah. Listen, <laughs> I know I don't know what your shirt says. I don't know what brand that shirt is because I can't read. Yeah. But I know how much money is in these accounts. Yeah. To the to the to the last red cent. Exactly. So uh <laughs> so he employed 40 farmhands who grew cotton, corn, sugarcane, Malay, and peanuts. Man. And raised hogs, cows, goats, geese, and chickens. Mm. He's doing everything, bro. Elmore's trucking business was so successful that he added a brand new tractor trailer and hired more drivers. A fleet? A fleet of tractor trailers. Damn. Just uh, Elmore, everybody. It's, it's, it's bro, Enterprise. It's, 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 he's brilliant. He's brilliant. He's brilliant. There's no other thing to call this than brilliant. He's just, he just is a hustler. So he was known to pay well, often better than the white farmers around him. He also provided a place for his employees to live. Wow. He often said, as long as a man will work, he has a place to stay. Yeah, man. At the height of his farming and trucking success, he was able to acquire property and establish a general merchandise store with a gasoline pump. My boy got into the gas business. Mm. He opened up like a, a shell station. <sighs> you can get a Snickers bar and some gasoline. So now he's just... Now he's, he's, he's really just, now. I mean, what is, what, what is he not doing? Imagine he had a gas station today. You charging $637 a gallon for gas? Man, come on. You're coming up. Mm. He was coming up back then, too. I'm sure gas was probably uh, six cents a gallon or something like that. But, you know, it, six cents then yeah. is not six cents today. Yesterday's price is not today's price. Exactly. Mm. So he opened up a gas station. I just love his, how he's moving. Just incremental steps. Does he I'm sleep? Go, you wouldn't think so. Hey. I tell you like this, whatever he's sleeping on, Nice. Oh, yeah, for sure. Apostropedic, whatever they had back whatever then. Whatever is, the best was then. Yeah. They didn't have, like, whatever memory phones. Top of the line. Whatever the had. best was, he had that. Yeah. Yeah. Or he just slept in a big, like, bag, a big bag of money. Because he had a lot of it. Like, a really expensive, like, hay, hay bed. Yeah, like, whatever the best bed was. So I'm sleeping on a bunch of uh, goose feathers. Like, a bed full of <laughs> goose feathers. Yeah. yeah. Whatever the most expensive shit was, he had it. Elmore's store became a gathering place for the black community, this, this gas station kind of store that he, okay. he opened, the general store. Mm. However, 
Nefarious eyes started to take notice of some of Elmore's success. Some white men were irate that white employers favored Elmore over them for hauling jobs. Man. And that Elmore was prosperous enough to lease land and build a general store. So just hating from a distance. Like, yeah. Monkey can just fucking buy a, build a, get land. Yeah. I deserve land, that type of shit. Yeah. Just sick shit. Just like, ugh. Just, I don't, why, did he, why should he have it? I don't have it. Yeah. Just hating with some binoculars from a distance. Sickening. Just a dude succeeding and thriving in life. And you got people, just telling you, bro, there's always people watching you, bro. Yeah. There's always people watching you. Always. Always. And they, a lot of times they don't have good intentions and they can't wait for you to fuck mm. up. They can't wait for you to fail. So in retaliation of his success, because there's the only thing they're retaliating against, in retaliation, they conspired to gun down Elmore on December 4th, 1947. Damn. After hearing a barrage of gunshots, his family, who was working at his store, ran to find Elmore dead in a ditch. Wow. Josephine Bowling McCall said her father was shot six times with a pistol and once in the back with a shotgun. Mm. After Elmore was killed, local white folk, including those who Elmore had hired or had done business dealings with, falsely laid claim to the small fortune he had amassed, which what? was about a half a million dollars in today's money. Damn. So they came forward and were like, no, no, he owes me money for this, and uh, he owes me money for that, and, that and, 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 and he told me he was going to sell me the... And they just they took, just took they just took about it just about everything. That's how that's what happened to that that story I read like a while ago. I think it might have been like last year, where these this black family just like reclaimed their like their land back. It was like a beach, a beach. Yeah, mm-hmm. they're going through with that. I, that's been in the news again Is recently. It? So I'm guessing that they they won. I'm guessing that's crazy. Yeah, they just they just shit. like back in 1946. They were like just taking shit. We want this land, and uh, we went down to the deed office, and we we're like. We want this. And yeah. they were like, but we own it. They're like, no, you don't. Not anymore. Bye. Like, just it's just like that. Yeah. And they went around and they, like, interviewed people that are around the beach. And they were like, yeah, so how do you feel about this? Like, they're talking about taking this beach from this people and giving it back to that people. Like, hey, man, listen, it happened in the past, man. You can't just go around taking people. You're going to take people's stuff from people? That's like, they did. <laughs> that's <laughs> crazy how your, your mind can't really wrap your mind around that. Like, hey, man, you, you can't just go around taking stuff from people. Like, that's literally how the, they got it. They took it from them. <laughs> Well, yeah, I'm just saying, but that was like a long time ago. Oh. Okay, so I guess uh, they have a there's a time limit on right. st- thievery. <laughs> cool, interesting how the rules change when it's not, when it's okay. Got it, got it, got it, got it, got it. Yeah, yeah, but that was old. Is that going to hold up in court? <laughs> bringing up old stuff. The bringing up the the old bringing up old stuff defense. Yeah, got it. Yeah, yeah. Case dismissed. So, like I said, so this guy's murdered and his family's plunged into poverty. Damn, they came and just took. Just took- Took everything. Wow, man. Though Josephine Bowling McCall's father was killed when she was five years old, it was not until she was 60 that she discovered an article in the Chicago Defender describing the reason for her father's killing. 60? 60 years old. She was somebody talking to their deathbed or something? No. Oh. They just, she just didn't ever, she never saw the articles and stuff. They probably oh. left. I mean, they moved and stuff. Her mom, 60? Mm-hmm, her mom ended up putting her through college. Through it's, it's, it's in the doc, it's part of the documentary. Okay. But her mom ended up putting her, she had like, her mom had to like pick up a job and like work to pay her. She was like, but you're going to, you're going to go to college and finish college. She just took all this shit. All this shit, bro. They were thriving and they fucking killed him and then his, you know, ruined his empire. Jealousy. Man. So you talk about generational, all those discussions we have, generational yeah. wealth, all these businesses that he could have passed down to his daughter. They all fell apart because they killed him. So, like I said, wow. she was 60 years old when she first discovered an article that was saying 
the re because she didn't she just didn't really understand why her dad was killed. She didn't really understand. So he, up until she was sixty, she didn't know. And then she found an article um, from the Chicago Defender, which said, "Quote: Enraged whites jealous over the over the success of a Negro are believed to be the lynchers of Elmore Bowling." That's what it said in the article. Wow. Not, not that this did anything; it didn't really matter because they mysteriously couldn't find any of the suspects. Um, this was this was also the first time she had heard that her father's killing be referenced as a lynching. And the revelation sent her on a 10-year search for the truth about her father's life and death, culminating in her book, The Penalty for Success. Mm. My father was lynched in Lowndes County, Alabama. So she wrote a book and it was published. And uh, it's about her father being murdered for being, a su- for being successful. Yeah. Like, that's why he was killed. Anyway, 60 years after his death, a historic marker is now up along Highway 80 where he bought his first land at and worked it. And now it's just like the side of a highway. There's nothing there other than this, other than this landmark. But can you imagine what, I mean, this guy, that would have been like fucking Elmore Street. Yeah. You know, and it's just, a, it's just the side of a highway now. There was businesses and everything over there. No one was ever indicted and justice was never served for the killing of Elmore Bowling. A quote from, jo- from Josephine's book read, my father was lynched having not committed a crime nor having been accused of a crime and not even being suspected of a crime, but simply because he was too prosperous as a Negro. He was just a get money ass dude, man. He was just a get money ass dude. And they were like, no, I should have money like that. It was just, it was like, this might be the most hater shit I ever yeah. heard in my life. Not well, even might black. be. He shouldn't, he shouldn't have these opportunities. He shouldn't be able to have enough money to lease land and get a gas station. I should have a gas station. But you never mentioned that you wanted a gas station before. So what? I should have one. I I, I want one now. He has one. Why should I have a gas station? But the white people just as dirty, though. When I was breaking for him, stealing this shit. Yeah, coming back around like, hey, listen, I don't mean to be that guy, but he owed me a million dollars. And he was like, oh, sure. Yeah. What? It's crazy. They found probably millionaires now. Yeah. Yep. 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 So, uh, yeah. Damn. That was the story of Elmore Bowling and how... Haters murdered him. Is it, is his daughter in the documentary? Yes. Oh, and um, she's very lovely, and um, it's very it's very sad. She was she was five years old, and she ran after hearing gunshots and found her father dead in the field. And uh, damn, for no reason, and not that this makes it any better or anything like that. At least they had the dignity, or I mean, I'm sorry. At least they had the decency to like criminalize Emmett Till. At least they had the decency to say. Hey man, we had a reason. Like he did this, even though he didn't, and they found the fucking uh, warrant for the arrest of the lady that lied in a basement this past week. They found it in a the basement. There was an arrest. Recently, warrant. there was an arrest warrant written to fucking go arrest her. They just never served it. Wow. They found it in a basement. Did they in her basement? No, like in the basement of like the the police station or whatever. Wow. Yeah. So they 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 had an arrest warrant for her for you know filing a false report or whatever. They let they let they get out. Well, I mean, what is she, 90 years old? Like, they don't give a shit about, they don't care. And they're not going to arrest her. But they might, I don't know. But at least they, you know, try to lie to other white people to go, this guy's a mom, he tried to rape a white woman. Whatever the things that they say, this was just like, no, man, fuck him. Getting money. Who is he to get money and have buses and all this shit? I have ideas, too. It was a... I mean, I can only imagine the things they were saying about him. Like, I mean, who was he driving around all those monkeys on a bus? 
I could have a bus. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like they just they they hated that he had money, that he was getting money in his own community, that his own people were supporting him, but they really didn't like when white people were like, "Hey man, I don't know what you want me to do, man." Elmore is a get money ass dude. He comes around here, he wears nice suits. Yep. He does great business. You know, you you Earl, every time I do business with you, you do you haul half the stuff. <laughs> well, so what? But I'm half white. You're supposed, yeah, yeah, you're supposed to be white. You're supposed to you're supposed to do business with me. Yeah. But you Brothers. do shitty you do shitty yeah. you do shitty business, man. And they gun this man down a couple of feet from his own business where his family was working. It's sick. It's crazy, man. It's some sick shit, man. Some sick shit. Very messed up story. He's but he's trying to get money. Trying? Oh, he did. He got money. Mm-hmm. Pocket full of money. I won't even mention the thing. There's a document. It's such a cute thing. Like the story of there's a picture of him and his wife. Mm-hmm. And the story about the picture of him and his wife is like one of the sweetest things ever. But I don't, don't want to ruin it. Yeah. I'm, not gonna, I'm not gonna spoil Imagine it. Imagine how different his daughter's his daughter's life would be. Of absolutely. She was five years old. She would have grown up with an incredible work ethic, yep. how to be a hustler. That knowledge would have passed down to her yep. and then to her family, and they would have been fucking a bunch. It would have been a bunch of P. Diddy's out here, bro. They'd be like, oh yeah, I fucking they would know how to do cryptocurrency, like whatever the thing is. They just had their fingers and shit, you know? It's crazy. They killed that knowledge, bro. That dude could have influenced the whole generation of people. That's the thing. Like when you kill these people that are when you choose to kill the shining stars, yeah. then that shining star doesn't get to pass that light down to the next generation. You know, you just leave people out here lost. They left his family out here lost. He has seven kids. Damn. He has seven kids. His wife, his wife, as smart as he was, had his back and all that stuff. She was right there doing all the work. But he was the head of the household. You know, he had a mule and a cart or whatever the fuck and turned it into an empire. And all that knowledge was just gone one day in a field. Six bullets and the shotgun blast to the back. Mm. And they just left him out there. And no one was ever brought to justice, and no conviction was ever made. So yeah, rest in peace, Delmore Bowling, man. Just a, yeah, I do sure. just a story. I'm reading the story. I'm like, man, this dude was just a hustler, man. I just respected his hustle. I respected how he he kept his money in his community. All the stuff people preach about today, like he was doing that. He kept his money in his community. He was helping build up his community. He had sharecroppers. It's like slavery. Sharecropping was just like the offshoot of slavery. Yeah how to keep people enslaved, but just you got to give them some pennies now. You can't just give them nothing. Now you got to give them pennies. And he was like, no, no, no. I'm going to give you quarters. Yeah. I'm going to give you Pretty quarters and dollars. And I'm going to pay you better than the sharecroppers do. And and I give you a place to stay. It, I mean, he, he, was a, he, was a, he was a very important uh, figure, and he was, he, was, he was murdered. So rest in peace to Elmore Bowling. All right. This has been a, such a fun, light-hearted <laughs> episode, yeah. man. Let's go ahead and get into these good vibes. And, sorry, been so many good vibes and fun vibes and stuff. But let's go ahead and get into these good vibes. I'm not really sure who goes first. Do I go first? You. Okay, yes. Uh, welcome to another Good Vibes segment. Uh, I made a little joke before we came to this segment about how lighthearted this episode was. Clearly, it was not. Um, both of our stories were pretty heavy and dark. Um, so, yeah, let's get some Good Vibes to kind of, you know, let's kind of wash this over. Let's get a palate cleanser before we get out of here. Uh, my story is about a retired kindergarten teacher whose class reunion, whose, I'm sorry, whose class returned a decade later to surprise her on, oh, on graduation day. She called it a teacher's dream. Mm. So a group of high school seniors teamed up with a clever TikToker to give a retired kindergarten teacher a tearful surprise. 
Mrs. Hamilton retired from her job as a teacher years ago, but it's clear she made a big impact as an educator. When her last class of kindergarten students were all grown up and ready to graduate, cap and gown, Hamilton's daughter Kim organized for them to throw a surprise that racked up 3.2 million views on TikTok. Wow. Yeah, that's fine. Yay, TikTok. Um, uh, there's a quote that said, hey, congratulations. That's cool. The teacher said when she spotted a former student from her porch. Like, so she's like, oh, hey, yeah, you in a cap and gown. And she's like, what's, what's going on? That's what she said. And then she said, the one student quickly became a dozen as they emerged from bushes behind obstacles and all approached her uh, and all approached their first school teacher. Oh, my gosh. Uh, did you know this was happening? She asked her daughter who was recording and she said, oh, my gosh, I love you all. Oh, my gosh, you're all just gorgeous. The video touched the hearts of teachers tuning tuning in with one person writing proof. They never stop being our kids after they leave us. Uh She's, she was quoted saying, I have tears and chills. This is a teacher's dream. And I have the TikTok right here. I can play it. It's just audio, but why not? So the music is playing at like they brought a speaker out. Mm. Well, she's cr- she's crying. She's giving them all hugs. Now this is her last class that she taught. This was her. All right, keep playing the video. Oh, no. the, yeah, this was her last. So she was a kindergarten teacher. Right, but this is the so last. This is the class last class that she taught before, that she, she, retired. before she retired. Gotcha. So okay. this is the last ever, okay. and they all grew up, and okay. they all came as. I get that. So it's almost Unless like if it was any like any of those between, it's like I don't fuck it. Yeah, like uh, oh yeah, I was your the second to last. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it doesn't matter. This is the last class that she taught. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so you know, and it kind of reminds me of Toy Story three. I talk about this a lot, but Toy Story 3 means a lot to me. I just th- I just think it's a very, I don't think it's underrated. It did well, won some Oscars, no big deal. But Toy Story 3 came out when everybody who grew up watching Toy Story was graduating from high school. Mm. And then Andy's going away to college in that Oh, movie. yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it just was like the way that it all, the timing yeah. of it all and everything, you know, like these kids are graduating. They go back to their first teacher to say, you know, thank you or whatever. Give her a hug. It just, it was just a very, the cycle of love yeah. and like completion, but also a new beginning. It just was all very, very beautiful. Yeah. And I'm referring to the TikTok now, not Toy Story, but those things are also in Toy Story. Yeah. So that was my good vibe story, man. I just thought that was very beautiful, you know, because we all have that teacher that we, you know, touched Toy, us in Toy a way. Story 3. I did see that movie. I would hope so, man. I talk about it enough yeah. that I would hope you just, I mean, you show Is your that, kids. Show is your Spork kid. in that movie? Yes. No. That, no? Where is he from? Sporks, I think that's a four. I didn't see four. Oh, okay. I saw four. Yeah, Spork is the four. I didn't see that four. That dude is different. Yeah. Um, is mine a good vibes? I don't know. We'll see. Cue the music. Thank you. Social, I'm sure everybody's seen this by now. Uh, social media was furious on behalf mm. of Kevin Ford. What was that? A food service employee who recently posted on Instagram. A video unwrapping a thank you gift he receives for working 27 years. I'm sorry. 
He had perfect attendance for 27 years. He worked every day for 27 years. At his years. job. He showed up to every shift for 27 years. Every shift. Wow. 27 years. <laughs> Couldn't be me. Seeing how it contained a reusable Starbucks cup. A, a cup? A bunch of candy. This this is the this is the uh the gift. The gift for his thanks. For almost thirty attendance. years of for almost thirty years of service. A reusable Starbucks cup. A bunch of candy. Like a, one of the tumblers? A pen. Like one of the like one of the metal tumblers, I'm assuming. Yeah. Yeah, okay. I I'm not that this, <laughs> not that this <laughs> Not that this better. Okay, a pen. A single movie ticket. You need one ticket. <laughs> one movie. One <laughs> How, how's he gonna go? How's go he gonna himself. go see it? He never takes his day off. Go by his. <laughs> <laughs> well, if he gets his day off, he just doesn't miss a shift. He doesn't miss a shift. He doesn't okay, miss fair, a fair point. Fair point. Uh, a single movie ticket and decided to give Ford. That's his last name. They didn't give him before. Yeah. They decided to give Ford their own gift for his extreme. I'm sorry, for his exemplary service. 227,000 personal. Donations for the man so near to retirement. Not his business, not his job. No. This was the world. They were like, this is fucking sad, man. And you know something? I bet they put all that shit in the cup. They put the no, ticket it was like, in the it was like pen. A, it was like a clear bag, and it was like, I got a cup. Got some uh Reese's. Was he being sarcastic as he was doing it? He was like, No. He was happy? No, he was happy. Oh, okay. I, oh, this is my that's sad. I got a, that's got even a sadder. Got a bag of Reese's pieces. I love Reese's got, pieces. Uh one one movie ticket. One movie ticket. I can't wait to go and see Top Gun 2. A cool pin. Maverick. It's like a pen. Like, I'm so excited to do my job with this pen. Yeah, he got like it's like a Wendy's Man. pen and it's like oh, you click geez. it and it show Wendy's and then you click it again. Wendy's the store? I don't know. I'm just, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, just I think it was a fast, I think it was might have been Burger King. I think it was a oh, he worked at Burger King. Yes. If they gave him a Burger King pen, it like you click it, show Burger King, then like oh, it was like a Burger. So have it your you way. Click it and have it, it my way. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. A, a a pen of the place you work is for twenty seven years of service, oh, and he was happy about it. He was happy. About that's it, that's man. the adult from the, the video that he like. He was you happy. couldn't. There was no sarcasm. Oh. Like 27 years. Ooh, a Starbucks cop. Yep. Ooh, so the original unwrapping. You didn't see this video? No, I've not seen The this original video. unwrapping video was viewed 2 million times. Uh-huh. Though not everyone was as happy as and understanding as Kevin. Nobody was. Who I'm not. Thank I haven't you even for seen every it. item he received. Did they really only give him one movie ticket, though? One person wrote. Well, on you know, I mean, this guy definitely doesn't have anybody that loves him. You know, he, who's he going to take that? to the movies? No, yeah. I'm just saying that's what oh, they said. That's what oh, they yeah, said. Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah, that's yeah. what they said. They bought him one movie ticket. One movie ticket, bro. As he's so humble and kind about it, this pisses me off so much. I was, I saw this video, I was hot. He deserves so much more. Another person coming in. Uh, Twenty-seven Reddit. years. Ford's daughter. Uh, I don't know how to say her. So name. he does have a child. S yes, Serena. I'm sure she likes movies. This is spelled. This is spelled. I never seen it spelled this way. Serena. S e r y n a. S e r y n a. Right? Let's go with Serena. Yeah, Serena. But uh, so he does have a child. So yes. they don't know that, and they she, gave him one movie ticket. Yep. Yeah, she, she set up a GoFundMe in the aftermath, writing that indeed he had never missed a scheduled shift. Wow. The man in the video is my father. He originally began working at this job as a single father when he gained custody of me and my older sister. You got two kids. Mm. Uh, Twenty-seven years ago. Two kids, added, one, two kids, one, one yep. movie ticket. And no way are we asking for money, or is he, or is he expecting any money? But if 
anyone feels like blessing him, he would love to visit his grandchildren. In just one week, I'm sorry, just over one, just over a week, they this delicate call for mutual appreciation of a good man who works at Burger King in Las Vegas, uh, McCarran International Airport. Is that how you say it? I don't know how to say that. I just call it Las Vegas Airport. Oh, okay. Las Vegas Airport. A quarter million dollars, including 5000 from a writer and comedian, David Spade. Shout out to ah, David Spade. Ah, shout out to David Spade. And a pair of statements, Burger King, the restaurant, um, Mr. Ford works in um, at the at the um, the airport. The staffing company that, that mans it explained the gift was a peer-to-peer recognition and not a franchise award for 27 years of immaculate service. So it was like, they didn't give him shit. Yeah. I mean, they probably don't know what to give somebody that works at Burger King for 27 years, but like, not that. A pen? You give him a yeah. pen, a one a movie ticket or something? A one movie ticket? But now he's got a quarter of a million dollars. He can Thank fucking you. quit. Thank he you. should quit. He should. He, I hope he had quit. I hope he quit. Actually, actually he seems humble. Buy the fucking Burger King. Oh, that's a movie now. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna buy this. I'm gonna buy, buy own this. this. I'm gonna become a part shit. of the franchise. But that's like. A he pen. was in, like, he had, they gave him like a clear, like a bag, clear book bag. Got my cup. He had a bag of Reese's Pieces. Him being pen. so humble and happy about it yeah, is man. the part that really, it's the heartwarming. Never but missed it's sad. a day at Burger King. There's a video, one of my favorite videos is this kid for Christmas. They gave him a banana. Mm-hmm. He was so happy to get the banana. And it's, it's giving that. It's giving that. He was like two. He was like three. But oh. he, he opened, the, they gave him a bag. Mm-hmm. It had a little bow on it and everything. He opened the, he opened the bag. He goes, a banana. He started rubbing it on yeah. his face. He was so excited to have the banana. And this guy, 27 years, and they gave him a tumbler. Now, I, w- I will say, <laughs> when I go into Starbucks, those, those ones they keep on the shelf that you can get, pick up and, pop, and buy, mm-hmm. they are nice. Mm-hmm. Now, 27 years of service. I don't I don't give me this. Yeah. This hurts my feelings that you gave me this actually. I think they're nice, but it's, this is my prize. Also, I would have preferred they put all the stuff in the tumbler. That's like more nice. You yeah. put it in there with some with some little fr- some some of those little colorful ribbon strings. My reaction is will be on a different on the opposite end of how he was, man. I would have quit that day. Not even not even that, man. It would it reminds me, I don't know what movie this is from. I know that it, I know the clip I've seen is uh Anthony, what's his name, man? Good luck. <laughs> Anthony, Anthony Hopkins. No. Mackie. No. Keep on going. Anderson. Anthony Anderson. <laughs> it's it's White Castle. White Castle. It's, it's Harold and I'm Kumar. Burn this motherfucker down. <laughs> <laughs> Bernie, we're trying to burn it down with me. He had the, the headphones on. He could, they pull That's White back. Castle. That's seen that movie. Harold before. and Kumar. I just remember, yeah, okay. Yeah, I've yeah, seen that movie. Before. Before. But that part, I just remember that part. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Specifically. Just thinking about that, yeah. man. Cause he didn't work at White Castle. He wanted to. He liked White Castle, so he was oh, like, okay. they, they, He was like, this used to be a White Castle, yeah, yeah. and this is some bullshit place. Now he was like, and he was describing the burger. He yeah. was like, just thinking about them, those onions and all that shit. Just makes me want to burn this motherfucker down. Come on, Pookie, burn this motherfucker down with me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good movie. That's, yeah, that's, yeah. that's what I'm going that burger. <laughs> I would have burned that burger down to the ground. I'm like, oh, a tumbler from Starbucks, a competing business. Yeah, you guys don't have Burger King tumblers? No, you gave him t- Burger King pens. Burger King. T- no, they Give him Burger King pens and fucking one movie ticket. Yeah. You want me to go to take my day off and go to the movies by myself, or I pay for myself and then I pay for my two children, or I get a, I get to get in for free and I got to pay for one of my two yeah. children to go to the movies with me. Yep. Thank you so much. That's fucking. I would have I would have filled that tumbler up with gasoline <laughs> and, lit and lit it on fire and fucking threw it in the kitchen and then yeah. fucking just walked away in slow motion like John Wick. 
fuck them. <laughs> fuck that Burger King. I hope he did buy it. I hope he did. It's an airport Burger King, too, so they're slammed. He never missed a ship at an airport be- Burger King? Yeah. You know how many fucking burgers? You know how many Whoppers they whop? Yeah. So many Whoppers they whop. Um, but whopped. that's... <laughs> No, but that's awesome though, man. Yeah, that still pisses me off. It's just still man. no, but it's crazy. Like this world that we live in, man. You can not to take anything away from them, but like something can happen to you. You put a video of it out, then you make a GoFundMe. Yeah. You you tell the story. You put some fucking zhuzh on it. He would love to see his grandkids, and he's a great dad. And I'm not saying that stuff's all true. I'm sure, but then people just go like, "Here, take it. A quarter of a million. This guy's never seen a quarter of a million dollars in his life. No, and now he just has a quarter of a million dollars." Man, never missed a shift. He must love it. <laughs> or, or capitalism is hell, and he hadn't. He didn't have any other choice. Yeah, he needed just, every dollar. He couldn't afford to not go to a shift. But and no way, I'm working at Burger King, and I'm scared that I'm gonna lose my job. <laughs> yeah, I was like, man, I won't be in today. He was like, no, no, no. I need. To, I can't I lose this job. I need this job. But that's you know. But no. <laughs> yes. Yeah, on a serious note, bro, we need to yeah, find a way for everybody it. to have a living wage, bro. We can't just have this lottery system where it's like, because there are a bunch of dudes like this guy. Yeah, it's Mr. Ford, or yeah. whatever. I can't remember his first name, but Mr. Ford. There's a, there are thousands, yeah. millions and of people like not, Mr. They're Ford. Not getting exposure they're not, to and they're not getting like a quarter of a million dollars. Yeah. You know, like we need to find a way for everybody to get resources to be able to live a nice life instead of like, oh look, we plucked one guy out of the millions, and look, let's all watch him and dance for him and be happy for yeah. this one person while other people are starving and and. And struggling, but we oh, but look at him. Look at this guy. This is a story to tell. He got a quarter of a million dollars. This is one step removed from Squid Games, man. Yeah. This we're 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 pushing dangerously close to Squid Games. Okay. Either Squid Games or Gilead. Like we're we're both of them. We're gonna be both Handmaid's Tale and Squid Games. The way we're moving, we're just hand selecting people. Like, oh, this homeless person. We just uh, decided to give this one homeless person a million dollars instead of helping all the homeless people. Fuck that. Look at this one guy. We made him not homeless anymore. Yay. Squid Games. Boom. Women, you don't get your rights anymore. And God said so. Handmaid's Tale. We're pushing it towards both those futures, man. And I don't like it. And we need to do something about it. I don't know what. But first thing we need to do, wake up. Yeah. We're at a tipping point, people. We're at a tipping point. Fran, anyway, yes. before we get out of here, good vibes still. <laughs> hey, man, you got any recommendations? Hey, man. Hey, friend, You got any fucking um, uh, funky, fresh, fun recommendations? Fun? I'm I'm still watching um fucking Last Kingdom. Huh? Last Kingdom, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm gonna get still on the train. Watching. I might Go download watch. some episodes for the plane. Go ahead, man. Yeah, yeah I might get. I might watch my dude, my dude Utrecht, man. Utrecht. Yeah, I might, I might of Bedenburg. I might. Yeah, man, <laughs> you know guy. his village that he's yeah, from and everything. Oh, I love the show. <laughs> I love the show. Well, uh, show. uh, like I said, I uh, watched the documentary. Who Who are we? Um, very good. I highly recommend. And the boys, bro. Oh, no. Oh, you uh, watched the show? Okay. That fucked me up. I wasn't. That's a documentary. Yeah. Oh, that's documentary. The, sorry. Yeah. Who are we? Who are we? Yeah. Who we are. It's either who we are. Yeah. I think it's who we are. I think I said I said it right when I, I think, it's who, I think listen- it's who are we. You guys should have been listening to me when I said it. It's called Who We Are. Who We Are. Jeffrey, Jeffrey Robinson, Netflix. I don't. I still don't like Netflix. So they. they yeah. I mean, they you keep, you, they you, don't have anything to recommend some stuff, but I'm like. They don't have yeah, it, It's off, hanging on by a string off. They just released The rest of the Stranger Things season And Stranger Things Is going to keep me on there Because I was wrong People keep messaging me My bad I said Stranger Things This was the last season It's not They have another season Coming up But I've gotten Several messages Of people being like Hey just so you know You were wrong I said oh, my bad Sorry um, There's another season Of Stranger Things Coming out So they're going to Keep me on board For another year Until that comes out okay. Easily and but then other than that, it's, I only come on there when they just randomly get a yeah, thing. Man, but they you know? they land off people, man. Yeah, I mean, I yeah. Really Netflix is not the best business in the world at all. Um, am I going to boycott it? 
No, but I mean, if they tell me, if I get another email like, hey, I love you, but we're actually going from $17.99 to $20, whatever. If they, if, they, if they price hike one more time, yeah. they might lose me. Now, Amazon Prime, first of all, it's tied in with me fucking ordering things, mm -hmm. and you get it for free. You get free. And The Boys, great show. The Boys. Yes. Great show. Yes. It is the perfect, like, anti, I like the Marvel movies, but it's like, it makes fun of those movies so well. It's like, it's just, it's, it's the perfect satire of that while also being its own thing. That's really good. It's this season's so good. Yeah. And I know What's it's name? like, fuck What's Amazon. Name, uh... I know I'm just one cause I'm just get ahead of this. Oh, okay. I know it's fuck Amazon and everything. I got you. I got you, man. I got you. But the show's good. I don't know. I, 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 maybe I'll illegally stream it or something like that. I don't know what to tell you. The show's good. I'm sorry. Yeah. I like the show. I get it. Sorry. Go ahead. Oh, um, just like, uh, I don't know if this guy has a deal with, Amazon Video Prime, whatever it is, but just like how Adam Sandler has his, he has his deal with Netflix. Netflix, yes, yeah, Netflix. The guy. Did you watch that movie? What the hustler? I didn't, I didn't finish it. Okay. I didn't finish. It. I never. I never watched. Um, it. what was I about to say? Oh yeah, the guy uh, that plays in Guard Guardians of the Galaxy. What's his name? Chris Pratt. Pratt. Boom. Mm -hmm. Um, he got a movie that's on Amazon, Amazon Prime. Prime. I heard it was pretty good. I gotta check it out. Which you haven't seen I don't, it. I don't, remember, I don't remember the name, but no. But I think he has like a lot of a couple movies on there. Like yeah, he he, always, he, his face yeah. always pops up. He does a lot of like action movies with yeah, them yeah. that I have not seen. Yeah. So I'm sure they gave him a big check. It's one reason that he might out. have one of those I'm, Adam Sandler type of. He might have one of those Adam Sandler so. type of deals with so. Amazon. Him and Jeff Bezos, they seem like they probably would get along. Yeah. Uh, hey, you know? Do you know what he has? There's a Trump Towers in Hawaii. There's didn't know that. There's Trump Towers a lot of places. I but did you know that most? Did you know that most of the Trump Towers he doesn't own? Because he, he leased his name out before he became president, he wasn't doing very well financially, and so he and also mm. just 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 a business tactic he would use when his name was when his name was wasn't mud yeah. when he just was the guy from The Apprentice his name had some value so he would just be like yeah you can just build a building and put my name on it and pay me some money and let me get a unit in it shit but he didn't build it or own it or have any financial oh. responsibility he just leased his name to it mm. now his name's kind of dirt so yeah. not kind of it's absolute dirt but there's still Trump Towers and shit all over yeah, the I'm world. At, I'm looking at some Hawaii trips. Mm -hmm. And I was like, you look at the state of the Trump Tower? I'm like, this fucking guy got I'll tell you what, you uh, probably get a deal. Probably get you got a fucking hotel in Hawaii? What the hell is going on? Probably get a good deal at that tower, too. Um, you know, I was shocked to see the one in Vegas. Big gold fucking building. I was like, oh, look yeah, at this yeah, bullshit. Man. Yeah, still hanging, still hanging up, still, still looking prestigious. Still gold toilets, gold plated toilets in the rooms. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, anyway. Uh, this has been another, another episode of Affirmative Murder, man. I've been Alvin Williams, joined as always by my partner in true crime, Franco Evans, and I'll see you guys soon. Jesus. <laughs>